0: everyone, and welcome to We Are Doomed, a Sucker Rangers podcast, where we focus on conventions, cosplay, and nerddom in general. I'm Cole, I'm the Green Ranger. I'm Tyler. I'm the Black Ranger.
1: And I'm Robert, I'm the Red Ranger. And filling in tonight in our fourth chair is a very special friend of ours. I know her as the shortcake, but the rest of you know her as Anna of Mew Arts.
2: <laughs> Hello! <laughs> Hi!
0: Welcome to our podcast, Anna. Thank you for joining us.
3: Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. We would always love having somebody filling our fourth chair. Because the first, we've had, what was it, three episodes now where we haven't had our fourth chair. And... They get really boring now if we don't have somebody else in the fourth chair. <laughs> yeah, well, I can... Anna
1: I can... is so overdue, too. I mean, this is the artist that has given us our identity, our personality, our thumbnail, and every one of our social media platforms. Very true.
0: Very, very true. So, Anna, um, do you want to do a quick intro for yourself? Um, kind of like where, what got you into cosplay, what you like doing in cosplay, kind of how you got into everything.
3: Okay. Mm-hmm. So, it all started back in 2007, when I was in, I think, 7th or 8th grade. <laughs> and my friends and I, we would like be role-playing, and then we'd be looking up like pictures of our characters, and we'd find people like dressing up as the characters, which led into, like, oh, this is called cosplay. And then it was like, I want to do this. But I don't want to do it, like, where it's just not cosplayers around. So we st- uh, tried finding, like, a local con, which led to Sakura Con, which was our first con that year. And that's that was the start. I only went for one day. And it was really addicting. And I've been doing it since. <laughs> and, yeah. My... um. Yeah, my first cosplay was, like, Eno, so it was, like, really beginner, and, yeah.
1: <laughs> does the costume still exist? This is always my favorite question to go and ask.
3: It does. The costume still exists. It It's in a tub somewhere.
0: <laughs> it's funny, because we've asked that question twice before. Um, one was the exact same answer as you, and the other one it has been removed from the world. <laughs> oh, yeah. In the most violent way possible, apparently But anyway, um So Eno was your first cosplay Um So we met you, me and Tyler personally met you Last year Um, we met you through Robert Who's known you for quite a a bit more time Um And we know you as the the Master of wigs
3: I try (laughs) I try so hard Um (laughs) Yeah, I know Rob from. <sighs> I think we met. Can we through... just say I'm an
1: old man and leave it at that?
3: <laughs> we met. Like, cosplay wise, we met through organization, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. was. How long ago? Well, that. Um, that was 2000. Let's see here. That was 2010 when we met. Yeah. Yeah. Because that
3: was my. Junior year.
1: Yeah. God, you were that young. God, I really am an old man. No. Ah. Yeah, he's old. Yep. Not that I am old. I am Groot.
3: But yeah, because we had mutual friends, and yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay, and and how did you get into wig making? Um, or wig styling, I suppose, would be the proper way to say that.
3: It was one of those things where my friends and I, we would be cosplaying and be like, I don't know how to do this thing. And at one point I was like, okay, but you you want to cosplay as Sora and you need a Sora wig and <laughs> it oh. just needs to be done. And everybody else was kind of like too scared to actually style it, so I was like, you know what, I'll just go do it.
4: I did my Sora wig.
3: So, yeah, it was kind of just one of those things where no one else wanted to do it, so I did it.
4: Yep, that's kind of how it goes. Yeah, like, I remember uh, my first one for my uh, Xemnas, I bought a wig, and it came and it was styled really nicely, and I was like, oh, nice, cool, and then I, I just still have it, and then I was like, kind of expected that to be what they the picture looks like. If it looks good, then I was like, oh, I'll get that one. Uh, but I could never find like a nice styled one of like Sora. So I just kind of got one and it was all really not good. And so not was, nice. <laughs> no. So I just was like, well, I've never styled a wig before, but all these other costumes I've been doing, this is like back when I was also starting. Um, so I was like, I made shoes and made a keyblade and stuff like that. And I was like, these are things I've never made before. I may as well just try my hand at wig making, see if I can, or wig styling, see if I can do that too, and just kind of went to it. I don't know. It still didn't turn out the greatest. Well, it didn't turn out bad either, though.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, it it didn't turn out bad. I've seen pictures.
4: Yeah, about my Sora wig. Cole doesn't like it.
0: I think it's okay. It's just that it looks really, really
4: goopy now. Oh, no, uh, because I put glue on it, yeah. (laughs) Um, But then I painted over that glue with brown.
3: I mean, that's not that's not the weirdest thing I've heard. I've I know people who use hairs or not hairspray, um, like paint, like spray paint. Oh yeah. Um, it, the, it uh, something actually
0: kind of funny about that is that me and Ty- there was a guy that went to our me and Tyler's school. Oh,
4: just about to say that. Yeah, he yeah. Had a,
0: he had, a, mo- had a, a what was it? It was like a foot and a half tall mohawk or something like that.
4: About a foot. Yeah, yeah. He had a mohawk, and then he would always change colors. And like the way he kept it up was like he'd he'd get a piece of cardboard and just like put it against his mohawk and just like spray paint it, <laughs> and that, that would keep it up and also change its color.
3: I mean, it works.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I never... <laughs> that was ridiculous.
3: I, I've yet to use um, spray paint for any of the wigs I've done. But I'm getting there. There have been times I'm like, I should just do it this way.
0: <laughs> Definitely. That's funny.
4: That is- I don't know. If, if it makes it a solid wig, because like, that's the thing is we travel. And so traveling yeah. is hard for wigs. Very so if you can I mean, like, you would,
3: ne- you would never have to worry about like it suddenly raining.
4: Yeah, you just like get silicone and just coat it in a layer of silicone, and it'll, it'll just keep it up. Um, like I did that for my uh, say uh, super saiyan wig, the one that was like a throwaway wig. It was a blonde wig, and I just like roughly cut it to shape, and then just sprayed it with uh, gold paint and then a clear coat, and it still wasn't really strong enough. So I, then I took like some spray glue and sprayed that and then that made it really stick. But it also made it really malleable so I could like bend and all the all the points to shape and it like stuck up real nice.
0: I still find I still remember the for that particular game where we used the headwig. Just the person running out and thinking of jamming it on your head. And it, just, it was the probably the weirdest looking thing ever but it was really funny.
4: I think people got the concept. Oh definitely. It was uh yeah, it was fun. Man, I remember like in, in the moment there, I just I didn't know what was happening. I was just I was just going with it and I just let everyone figure it out cuz I I remember like trying to transform and I was just doing my Kamehameha I'm like, "Okay, the wig's going to show up. Boom, the wig's there." And then like I got I just do my Kamehameha wave and like, "I I don't see them. I don't know ex- where they are at all." And then they just kind of appeared in my hands. And I was like, "Okay, they're there. They're doing their <laughs> thing." It, it, it all it all happened very fast. <laughs> it's not one of those things where like time slows down. It was more like, yeah, just everything just was happening. Faster. Yeah, everything fast forwards and just before you know it, it's all done over with. And it, then now, oh, man, I was just I was high on adrenaline after that. I think we all were. Oh, You're still like, depressed remember... that it's over, aren't you?
0: Hmm. You're still depressed that it's over, aren't you? No, I'm not depressed because it was right afterwards. I coming down from that adrenaline high. I was like, "Oh, it's over."
4: It <laughs> like it was, it was more fulfilling because it's not like I yeah like I missed something because it I got everything I wanted out of it. And so when I because like I remember doing that and getting so hyped that like right after that was done, that was like at the very end of the show. I just kind of like walked off the side and I just kind of broke down into like this. Almost a laugh, just I just kept laughing because it was just just so perfect. Odd. Yeah, and so I just I had to like I had to kneel down and just like take a breath because I was just having like an uncontrollable laughing fit of like how much fun that was.
0: I totally miss that.
4: Oh well, <laughs> yeah, no, because like that was uh, Amanda was doing her talk stuff, and I well, just, and she was decided. saying the
0: goodbyes and stuff like yeah, that yeah,
4: and then I just like just squatted down, just like I was just laughing the entire time, uh, just out of joy. <laughs> almost almost like not to tears but couldn't stop but that, that that that's why it was like that and it just i've always wanted to do that go super saying and shoot a kamehameha bee. and so it was complete and so i had like no i had no fulfillment doubt. you had uh, fulfillment yeah so you never you know sometimes you have your high and then you're low after you get adrenaline because it is also a drug um I didn't really have that low because it was just like that was it that was what I wanted. So awesome. Um.
0: Anyway, let's um move on to the upcoming conventions of this weekend. Um. So this weekend we have let's see here we have one two three four five six seven different co- conventions going around the world. There's probably this is obviously just just anime conventions. There's other bigger conventions as well. Also, I just would like to mention um, as a quick side note that Sam, who was here last week, won um, won best in show at Wizard World for best costume.
2: Yay!
1: (laughs) Another honorary ranger. Gelson does something that we can't
0: definitely, and she won it in her blue Cinderella wig, uh, Cinderella dress.
1: Yeah, it's
0: gotta be like what? <laughs> what wig is this? Well, Cinderella, she yeah, was wearing neither. a she was wearing a wig, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, she did a very good job. But anyways, for the anime conventions that are coming that are going on this weekend, um, there is Anime Matsuhari uh, Matsuri in Houston, Texas. Yeah. Pokecon Poke uh, Pokecon Ga in Atlanta Atlanta Georgia um vision con in branson mo um, oh, i'm trying to remember which one that missouri. is Missouri, branson missouri missouri there we go place in the world where that's what? a tourist trap okay uh, icon winterfest in winnipeg manitoba which is in canada uh miyaku con in Salem, oregon Uh, ETSU Con in Johnson City, Texas, uh, Tennessee. Sorry, and Yuki Con in Helsinki, Finland. And those are the cons that are the anime conventions going on this week. Um, I'm pretty sure there are some other conventions that aren't anime based that is going on this weekend, but I didn't have a chance to look those up. But if you are going to any conventions this weekend, have a blast, have fun, be safe and make awesome memories, I suppose. So, moving on to con news. Um, this is going to be a follow-up of last week, apparently. Um, this is probably from you, Robert, because you sent out emails both to the hotel that hosted Khan and the fire department. Mm-hmm. So, how about you talk to us about this?
1: Okay, so, yes. I actually hoped that these would go and show up before our last recording, but they ended up uh, showing up... Uh, so what a exactly, let's
0: just recap real quick about what this is about.
1: Okay, so for anybody that missed last week's podcast, we're talking about KatsuCon, which is a big East Coast convention, uh, goes on in Maryland, uh, National Harbor, and it's a really big deal. A lot of A-list cosplayers go there, and people were not very good to the hotel, I hate to say. Uh, there was flooding damage, several signs that were busted up. Uh, light fixtures. Uh, somebody peed in the corner, I found out, uh, as a result Ew. of one of these emails.
0: <laughs> like in the Crying. middle of a hallway. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Cause this is what this is, by the way, I guess we can fill this in for Anna as well. Cause I don't think she heard about this. Mm-hmm. Um, there was somebody had punched a hole in a bat in a oh, room bathroom wall. Oh, yeah. And wrote, uh, one punch men, men were here. Yeah, yeah, like broken signs. Oh, okay, broken signs. But there was also a
3: fire. Mm-hmm.
0: But that turned out to be actually something that wasn't guest caused, I guess. Anyway, I Robert.
1: Yeah, so uh, I got two emails back because I did go and contact uh, Gaylord Brands International, which I, I hate to go and say this. When I sent the email off originally, I did not realize that it was this particular hotel group. I have actually stayed at the Gaylord Opera Land in Tennessee, and that is the most amazing hotel. I assume the rest of their facilities are as well um, across which, the country.
0: Which brand? What, what brands do they own? Mm-hmm. Um,
1: other than the actual Gaylord uh, series of hotels, I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, okay, because I because
0: I don't recognize the group, so Man. I've never heard of that hotel before.
1: I it's they've got a they have a literal river that ro- that runs through the hotel of the Opryland. Like, you can actually go and hop onto a ferry, and it will take you from one side to the other. There's also a bar in the middle of this place. I mean, it's amazing.
0: Cool. Yeah, because yeah. I only know about two or three, like, Starwood Hotels and a couple other ones. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, the big international ones. Yeah, this, mm-hmm. is, uh, this is a pretty deluxe deal. It's mostly uh, – this is like a hotel group that just specifically caters to large uh, business and social gatherings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been there for business conventions before. Okay. So, um, so you got the email
0: a, back apparently. Yeah, that's a,
1: that's just a me thing there. So I got an email back from them uh, when I had my shock and revelation of, oh my God, people did this to a Gaylord hotel. I don't know how I didn't pick it up since it's a Gaylord property and it says it right in the name. But the hotel, I actually was really impressed with the way that they have handled this whole situation. Uh, this was an official header, and I'm going to go and...
0: Say official ask, header uh, really okay
1: yeah no th- this is actually like a press release form that they went and sent uh, sent to me i'm assuming it was also sent to other people because there have been a lot of inquiries about this okay um so anyway just to go and kind of summarize what's in this email uh it goes and identifies the fact that the hotel itself was very happy to go and have everybody uh that was there for the convention attending This does not have any bearing, or any of the damage doesn't have any bearing on whether or not they would love to go and have people back next year, uh, which I'm assuming it probably already is booked at this point. I've heard that from several people, but this press release doesn't say anything about that. It does actually go and outline that there was about $20,000 in damage that was involved. Which. That sounds really bad, but this was the thing that really impressed me about these guys in the process, other than actually going and stating on how much damage there was, rough estimation. Uh, They've identified, in most cases, who the culprits were that went and uh, caused the damage to the hotel in the first place. They've been contacted about that and will be seeking uh, reparations for it. Since they have credit cards on file, it will not be a hard thing for them. They'll be in litigation probably for a while to go and get it out of some people, but... They're keeping it very focused to the people that caused the issue, and it's not a situation where they're going to punish anybody. There are no plans to go and up security or to go and police the event more at any, uh, or for the next gathering or any of them like it. The hotel just made a really good point about this was a really big deal. A lot of people came in, a lot of money was spent, and they don't want it to go and be a negative reflection on anybody else's experience other than those that were involved. And the few things where they weren't able to identify it, the hotel has insurance to go and cover things like this. This is not something that's going to go and hurt the convention. It's not going to hurt the, uh, the hotel or the convention goers. It won't go and affect rates next year. If it goes on there, this was, uh, I was really impressed by the hotel. They,
0: there's no strain in the relationship at all. Nope. From what it's sounding like.
1: Exactly. And I will say, um, I was kind of curious about some of the commentary in here, and I just looked up what the cost of those doors for, like, the bathrooms are, because they're made out of special fire-retardant materials. For Yeah, those are
0: expensive.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of the uh, bathroom doors by themselves go for a couple thousand dollars, so $20,000, it sounds like a lot of money, but my guess is... They probably have a back supply just knowing this uh, company. They probably have a back supply of stuff just for utility and maintenance purposes. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I don't expect that probably actually cost them that much, but that was just an initial estimate probably for insurance reasons. Mm -hmm. Uh, And honestly, things like flooding, if they caught it early enough, you know, as long as it wasn't like that for several days, which we know it wasn't. Even things like that, ServPro and organizations like that can come in, and they can take care of that stuff in the course of a couple of hours and really get things back to normal. So definitely good to the hotel for what they did there. Um, really happy with them. They are truly friends to the convention industry as well as to their patrons. So way to go, guys. Really appreciate you there. So a thank you to the hotel. And a big line of thanks to the uh, National Harbor Fire Department. Uh, they didn't go and send out an official press release or anything like that, but um did you
0: just send it to hall, hall 1 or something, like just the general department the department line? Or?
1: Uh, well, here's the thing. So the way that the uh, city's infrastructure is set up, there's a, a local government website, and then there's uh, a contact us page. And there's several city resource officers uh, dedicated to different uh, departments that I went and contacted. So I mm-hmm. just went straight to the fire department, specifically about the fire Because even though Sam had a pretty good idea what was going on, I did find it kind of interesting that this wasn't very widely reported. I even checked the local news agencies uh, on their websites to see if there was anything. I saw one thing on their ABC affiliate website, but it was just like a small blurb. It was like a sentence and a half talking about the fire. Okay, I just want some clarification on there. And basically what they went and sent back was uh, they went and arrived at the site the fire was basically contained by the time that they had gotten there. And this was very interesting to me because I had not heard of this sort of situation before. I don't know if this is a local municipality that can get away with this or what. But I guess the initial crew, the full-timers, when got there, when got things under control, and then a uh, a reserve team, a, uh oh God, I really should have this email up here, The volunteer firefighters actually ended up staying behind to go and work on cleaning up the facility so they could uh, get all the people outside back in faster uh, rather than waiting for the hotel at that point to go and do the cleanup on there. So thank you to the volunteer fire department for showing up and going and working as quickly as possible to get all those poor people out of the cold.
0: Damn, that's (laughs) impressive.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd never heard of that before because normally it's respond... And clean up, unless there's a hazard to somebody, uh, they just go and pull away. Mm -hmm. So it was nice seeing this volunteer uh, fire department, uh, whether it's directly affiliated with the city or if it's a private group. I wasn't able to get any clarification on that. They only responded to one email. They haven't responded to the second one I followed up with. Mm -hmm. But just thank you to you guys for helping out those poor convention goers and getting them out of the cold as quickly as possible. I know it was still freaking cold for everybody out there, but it sounds like it could have been a lot worse. So Definitely. good on you guys.
0: Definitely. And thank you for following up on that, Robert.
1: Yeah. yeah. No problem. This stuff always fascinates me and you hear a lot of things and you see a lot of things online. You wonder how much of this is really true. Does it get blown out of proportions? And it does sound like to a certain extent, this was blown out of proportions a little bit, but, a lot of this behind the scenes stuff people don't ever look into they don't need to know it i mean just things like well we identified the guy that peed in the hallway like
2: (laughs) i mean
3: it's also um a lot of people don't think about how hotels also have insurance and a lot of things like um the con prices and stuff Help cover these sort of damages, like these things just happen during big events, anyways. Oh, totally, yeah. So, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. we re- we talked about this a little bit last week, and yeah, it makes perfect sense. Like, it's obvious that this type of thing is needed for this, but um, it just still kind of just sucks that it and that yeah. they even have to do it so. Yep. Um, so do you guys want to, m- we can move on to the evening subject, yep. which once again is back into convention stuff, but it's also talking about, we're talk. we want to talk about cosplay crews and slash groups, the good, the bad, and the ugly of everything.
2: Oh boy. Okay. So everybody,
0: <laughs> is, um, every, everybody in this particular call in this podcast has been a part of a cosplay crew before. in and we're also considering this is put on by a cosplay crew represent represent, uh, indeed. Um,
2: but we all, we've all
0: had fairly, really good experiences with our little group of people. But of course there's the other ones where we have like, like friends that have been together for like, there's lots of different groups around the, like different cosplay groups. Like one of my favorites, um, does skits um, out of what was it? It's Godly Team cosplay that usually goes to some of the central city, central um, central America cons. Uh, not Central America, but uh, central U.S. cons yeah. and the Midwest. Is yeah, yeah, and there's other ones like Parlay Productions in the U.K. or uh, Fighting, Dreamers Fighting Dreamers Productions. Fighting Dreamers Productions. Not yes. <laughs> But yes, and it's just all stuff like that. And but of course, there's the good and the bad with all these things. Like, like there's like okay, we'll we'll start at the good. What do you guys see as like good things about cosplay groups?
3: Having someone to actually like cosplay with.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I like I like the fact that when you get a group together, you get a whole bunch of characters from all things, and so you get a lot more enthusiastic about it uh and and also people get enthusiastic about it as well because they see like a group of people um and that kind of that works well for that stuff because like if you're just one character by yourself then people are like oh it's that character and then but if you see them with every character from like an anime or video game or movie then you're like oh my god they're all together i gotta get some photos or something or go check that out and it's just like a nice a nice unity thing and it, it always looks better because it's all very consistent and unified and uh, normally it looks like it's a lot of effort which it can be um so yeah and it, that pays off all the time so definitely definitely uh robert
1: yeah I, I don't know i i've been doing this for so long and i've gone through my original cosplay group was a bunch of naruto cosplayers and there were 11 of us and there was nothing good to talk about there but it was a ton of fun and that organization that we started then grew to over 100 members and things got insane at that point but let me tell you i've done group cosplays i've done solo cosplays and don't get me wrong you can have a lot of fun with solo cosplay i Fully respect everybody that goes and does their own thing. I think you can go farther as a cosplayer being an individual. But I also go to the conventions for fun. And I'll tell you, being able to go and cosplay with groups like Forced Out of Retirement, with our Organization 13 group, that was so much fun both times that we did that for stage shows. I wish we had been able to go and do more walking around and photos and all that kind of stuff. We all put so much effort into that And that was awesome
2: Yeah And you um, just
1: can't have that kind of fun I think when you go solo Like there's a lot of instant gratification You get doing it solo But I'll tell you I've never had as much fun As I do when I'm with other people That are as enthusiastic About what they're doing as me And it's not to say that every group cosplay Necessarily works out But it's still so much fun
4: Yeah. um, I want to say something about that. Um, Those two that you mentioned that you had the most fun with, um, like there is the quality of group cosplaying where you if you're just a bunch of people that kind of get together but don't really know each other, you don't know um, how into it some of them are um cuz like there's being be groups where there's there's lots of drama sometimes oh yeah um,
2: love live cosplay <laughs> <laughs> calling you out <laughs>
4: so uh so yeah you have like you have ones like that which have lots of drama uh but then what i like about like our power ranger one or our uh organization or um what are the one we probably have other ones uh i guess even our miguel kind of because uh, that's also a group cosplayer, Miguel and Twiel. Because uh, we've got and horse and horse. The first name. We've got uh, Altivo and uh, Chell. I am a horse. So it's yeah, it's it's like we're doing it together. And what's happening is those group cosplays. It's not like we created a group and then tried to get people to fill the group. We just sort of we're all very enthusiastic about cosplaying, and so we have like a. Uh, not to sound narcissistic or toot my own home. We kinda of have like a degree of quality that we like to do individually in our solo cosplays, because we're all like to do the solo thing, very much so. And so we put that kind of effort into a solo stuff. And so we all just sort of gravitated together to make these group cosplays. It's just, cause like we've already done our solo stuff and it's just like, well, I've already kind of done what I can with this. I'll still do stuff by myself. But then you're also just hanging out with other people who are also as enthusiastic about it as you are. And so the quality really kinda shows there where it's I I can kinda think of other group cosplayers where they're just people who don't really want to cosplay by themselves. They want to cosplay with their friends. And so then they kinda have their groups, but then they're just they're just doing it for going to con with their friends and then they all just kinda dress up the same. Where when we kind of do it we're definitely i don't know we're just we're just a whole bunch of individuals that happen to be together with the same styles of costumes
1: well definitely look definitely at, look at us i mean freaking miracle of circumstance here
4: yeah yeah it's uh sometimes it is just a weird formula where whatever happens it's just variables that get together and then all of a sudden it is what it is like that's Sorry. what i mean it's like i think it's a little bit of of the same kind of people just gravitating together to make groups where you don't even plan to make a group. You're just... But
3: it happens. (laughs) Yeah,
4: you're just a bunch of different people with all the same kind of quality and style. And then you just... Yeah, you just bump into each other and you realize, hey, this person likes to do the same stuff as me. And it's like, hey, we should do do a group cosplay or something. And then all of a sudden, you have those big groups like that that are all very... uh, People who like to make... Really fancy costumes, and but then they just do it together as a group, and it's just kind of more organic that way, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely.
4: Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah. of course.
0: Yeah, but uh, and how, what about you, Anna? Like, what type of groups have you been in? Um, I've
3: been Better in groups. Question.
0: <laughs> why, don't,
1: why don't you tell us the been... groups you haven't been in?
3: <laughs> no, I've been in um like solid groups like. Like, when you're at cons and stuff, like, sometimes people who are in group cosplays, they go, oh, I'm a part of this cosplay group, and it's, like, they have a name. Like, how um, there's Koi Productions and Fighting Dreamers Productions and so on. Like, I've had those kind of groups. And um, there's always the good and the bad because of the relationships. Some people would see each other more often than others, and people would be in relationships while in this group and so sometimes there's friction about that (laughs) so like there's just good and bad mostly good mostly good I mean things just sometimes don't work out Mm
0: -hmm, totally yeah
3: Yeah. I don't know I've I've always really enjoyed group cosplays even not like the big title kind of project or, like, a production group and stuff. Oh, totally. Um, small things, small groups are nice, too.
0: So. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But also going back into kind of things that can go bad, there's also the, co- like, especially when it comes to, like, with group cosplays, for example, um, like, somebody wanting to, like, multiple people wanting to do the same costume. Mm-hmm. Um, Multiple people, like, or, and if that does happen... Like one, like somebody poking fun. like one costume being better than the other or, or one person doing everybody's costume.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Think which, which I can say it can be a good and a bad thing. Um, especially like that can also put undue pressure on the person making the costume. But at the same time, if yeah. they want to do it, that's up to them. But yeah. it's also other stuff like that.
3: Yeah, it definitely depends on the people. Um, for 2017, I have a Final Fantasy Type 0 group that we're doing. And I only know probably half of the group. But we had already, like, started setting up, going, this is who this person wants to be, and this is who this person wants to be. And so far, no one wants to be, like, a double. Like, everyone actually wants to be a different character. So that's nice. I know. Like, we have almost... a class too so it's really nice <laughs> but already like people are going oh well I don't really know how I'm going to do this wig or I don't know how I'm going to do this part of the costume and we already have people going like I can help you with this piece just let me know ahead of time so I have plenty of time
0: oh yeah exactly God it's
3: definitely it's definitely I feel like everyone in this group is a little more mature and has experience in cosplay. So they kind of go already know like what to expect.
0: But at the same time though, that just because they're veteran cosplayers, it isn't going to stop them from having bad cosplay groups.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because again, we all don't actually know each other. Like I only know half the group. So I don't know if I'm going to click w- click well with the other half. I could possibly later on completely hate a person.
0: Yeah, last year you didn't know me <laughs> and Tyler. <laughs> yep.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I could have hated you guys. That could have been a thing.
4: Ah, you wouldn't have hated us.
3: Nah, I couldn't hate Axel. <laughs>
4: <laughs> of course, I'm left <laughs> out <down> completely. <laughs> well,
1: you are the creepy mad scientist. Let's be honest here. I yeah. mean,
3: uh, it's
0: not
1: a dig on you, Cole. It's
0: just <laughs> yeah, it just <laughs> Dexon. <laughs> totally, totally. You
4: know what's funny for that is like that that kind of happened where we Cole and I have Organization 13 costumes before mm-hmm. going into that group. But yep. the ones we had to play were two that neither of us had, and it was like a complete change because I have like I had a Zemnis one before, so I had like Zemnis with the black coat and like the white and black coat and uh, the wig, and Cole has um Zexion with like the book and everything. so it was like, okay, we have these two characters, and there's like, oh, those two are already picked, and we're like, "Oh, oh okay." Yeah.
0: Was free. Kind of had that for the last time.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: literally, it was. It was like, what do we have left? Oh, okay, we'll do that.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was, I was, uh, uh all intold. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew, I was given a choice. Oh yeah.
0: no, I well, was.
3: You what? Your choices were vex and or Luxord, right? Yeah, actually. Yeah.
0: It was like pick one. I'm like, okay, um, I like the crazy mad
4: scientist better. <laughs> I thought we had a luxord though. I think, oh no, we didn't. No we Yeah,
3: didn't. I, I don't know if we Yeah, I don't know.
4: We, oh Greg would be a good Luxord I
3: feel like is. we I feel like we talked to someone about being a Luxord but then they just couldn't do it.
4: Yeah. Greg Greg would be a good Luxord Oh, he would have been. Oh. But anyways, anyways. He's even got the blonde hair and everything. Oh, he, he looks like a Luxord <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Let's not go
1: back into old territory.
0: <laughs> Anyways, though, speaking uh, speaking of that cosplay group, I, I do have a comment I want to make after the podcast. Uh, okay. <laughs> but anyway, let's move on to the fandom of the week. And apparently there's something new. Hold on. Let me just open this file.
1: TV, anime, web series, anything can become one. But the internet has made them into something more. Wars have been fought over whose fandom is the greatest. Families, friendships, and marriages have all been lost in these battles. Every week, we see who has what it takes to be the best. It's Rob's stone-cold pick of the century for this week. Let's see who has what it takes to be it this week.
0: Okay, Robert, what the fuck was that?
1: I I don't know what you're talking about. It's, it's always been
0: there. Are you sure?
1: Oh, yeah, totally, totally. That, I mean, wasn't, the that, there, that wasn't
0: there last week. No, I'm pretty sure it was there.
4: Uh, Hasn't that always been there? I thought that was, like, from day one, that theme.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, It's it's always been there, yeah. Like, I can't even ask Anna about this, because this is her first time on the podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, okay, I'll stop screwing with you. (laughs) But yes, yes, Rob Stone Cold Fandom of the Century for this week, with new title music by, uh, Ross Buden, uh... Good friend. Check him out on YouTube. Uh, Ooh, if you're James watching Plans. us on YouTube. Yep. <laughs> <Stabless plug. laughs> he, he made this available to us for free, okay? I am not going to let this go oh. without giving the guy some credit here. That is just the best. I don't <laughs> know how he thought it up. It's just absolutely perfect.
4: That's pretty good.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, I guess but, it was okay. But still, yeah. <laughs> stone cold, okay?
1: yep yep rob stone cold fandom of the century all right
0: all right what's the fandom of the week
1: fandom of the week oh wait was i supposed to
0: decide that yeah (laughs) it's 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 supposedly your freaking fandom of the week so tell me tell us (laughs) all right the fandom of the week this week is kind
1: of a weird one so (laughs) well we're
0: getting to the tyler section was supposed to be the weird one no no yeah, yeah, it it can be weird, you know.
3: You take turns, you switch no. off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tyler's
1: anime corner is not exclusively weird; it's just sometimes weird. Just like the fan
0: of the week can sometimes have a quirky subject. And yeah. you know what sucks about this now is that other two sections of our of our personalized sections have theme songs. That means I have to come up with one for the gaming table.
1: You know, oh. there's still like fifteen bucks left in the fund from the uh, from Tyler going and saying the name of that R-rated superhero movie.
0: Well, technically, it's actually PG-14 PG in Canada. Is it? Oh, is it? Different. Yeah. The reason huh. why is because we have different standards of what it takes to get
4: R. Oh, yeah. It, it
0: takes boobs to get us to get R.
4: Nice. But there were boobs. No, they are covered. There was no nipples. What? You didn't see the nipples? No. Didn't see <gasps> Did you see nipples, Cole? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, ah, Cole. God damn it. <laughs> you said you were going to see it, too. I tried, but I had work. You you don't work. What are you talking about? You haven't worked for like a month I said I worked
0: eight eight hours on on Monday.
4: How convenient. The day you were about to go see Deadpool and you worked. Whatever. Moving on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Boy, this is the best fandom of the week ever. Anyway, so the fandom of the week is a little bit of a weird one. It's that time of the year where all of those shows that you started to fall in love with that premiered in the fall start getting canceled. So this time around, we're going to talk about the doomed fandoms, shows that got canceled before their story ended and what our favorite part one, because I got a feeling we're going to be coming back here sometime in the near future. So there are a couple of stipulations to this and pretty basic ones. The first one is the story or uh, the seasons can be completed. It's not like the show got pulled after three episodes or anything like that. We can go and have that. But if it runs the full season, there needs to be clear direction towards a continuation of the story. This Instead isn't like,
0: just like cut.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's not like Ed and Eddy or the, Lo- uh, the Looney Tunes show where okay, they could go and write more here, but it's essentially
0: close Can ended just by nature one of the season. Show.
1: Yeah. Oh, I got the one I want. Oh, I just, <laughs> just... Oh. <laughs> okay. Apparently, nobody else is
0: prepared for this.
3: I was <laughs> prepared. I thought about this really hard and cried about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah.
0: Um So Tyler, since you just thought of yours, how about you go first?
4: Yeah, I like that plan. Okay. Well, I thought of Samurai Jack. Ah.
3: Mm.
4: <laughs> well, that one's kind of <laughs> <a laughs> used one. It's, it's a
3: collection of yeah. Mm, <laughs>
4: yes, quite indeed. Ooh. So yeah, Samurai Jack. Like that was that was a good that was a good cartoon. I liked it, and it was definitely something. Uh, which kind of ended abruptly and cause there was a different clear end to that show where like, cause for those who don't know about Samurai Jack, it was a Nickelodeon uh, cartoon by um, trakovsky Is that his last name? <laughs> okay. Number one,
1: uh cartoon network, not Nickelodeon and Gendy Tartakovsky, my favorite animator.
4: Yeah. Cartoon network. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yes, Kendi go. Tartakovsky, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, wait, isn't it? What's, what's it, is it? Cartoon Network here, Cole? What is it here? We just call it Teletoon here, don't we?
0: Mm, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, Teletoon is the Canadian branch off. Yeah, we don't. We
4: don't really have a Cartoon Network. Yeah, I, I forget.
1: Yeah, you guys have so. Teletoon, which is technically a separate company,
4: but they yeah. license yeah. across it's, each it's, other. Yes, yes yeah. it's uh, important to other countries and uh, license fees and such. Oh, the
3: lands.
4: <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, he like the guy did a lot of other famous ones. Um, Dexter's Lab,
1: Symbionic Titan, the list it, just literally goes on and on. Old yeah. Transylvania.
4: Yeah, yes, that's what he worked with in the last, uh, which is a thing. Uh, so he just worked on that movie, and he talked about how he didn't really like working on it, and so he's done with that, which means there's a thing came out that he might be going back to Samurai Jack and, like, Making another season, mm.
1: yeah, oh. he actually is listed as the exe- uh, executive producer now uh, on that uh, on that upcoming project.
4: Yeah, so this is a fandom that might no longer be a doomed fandom that got canceled or hope uh, beyond hope for you. They they had a lot of seasons t- or a lot of episodes too, like a good chunk. Um, but like the plot of it is is a samurai has to fight Aku who is a demon taking over the world, and before he actually beats him um aku like sends him into the future and so aku finally takes over the world and then it's the whole journey of samurai jack going through this twisted and distorted world of our future of the world that aku has kind of manipulated and become ruler over and he's trying to find a way back in time to when he got sent forward in time so they can actually do that final blow to kill aku um and so the show just kept on going on and like there um, it is linear because like he goes meets people and then later on he sees them again and so there is a linear plot line to it Um, but there is like a particular episode uh, where he comes across like an actual portal to get back in time and like there's a gatekeeper like uh, someone there waiting for him who prevents him from Doing it and it's it's foreshadowed as, um, like he's he's not, not, ready, not yet. ready yet. Yeah, and so that means like oh, that means he's got to train some more, or come back. Um, but then it just like the very last episode was like an episode where he's protecting. He finds like a lost child. who is was like a lost baby, and he's trying to get him back to his mom and protects him the entire time. But then he has to like do his samurai wielding stuff. And then he brings the baby back to the child and the child no longer like cries or anything because he's seen the way of the Samurai and so he goes all narrow-browed and like he's all Samurai now uh, and then he just kind of walks off and then like that's the last episode and it never really continues from Because like the whole plot of that is he must get stronger and eventually get back in time and defeat Aku which he never actually did uh so who knows he could still be wandering the wastes getting stronger trying to find a way which he may never actually do or something but that was one that just kind of left on a cliffhanger and uh, i would totally watch more of that if they came out with more stuff um so that the fact of him coming back and like maybe creating another season we'll still see how that goes stuff can always go wrong and never happen but actually for the last couple of years things getting reboots or second seasons or coming back from the dead is a big thing that's been happening lately. Like the whole nostalgia thing, I guess people who grew up watching cartoons in like late nineties, early two thousands are now in their twenties, late twenties, early thirties. Um, and so they're the ones that are actually have the money to spend. And that's the thing that makes things happen is consumers and such. And so that's why all these, movies and such of like very nostalgia driven things are happening for like nineties the nostalgia. Um, mm-hmm. so it's like this stuff is all just happening now. It's it's like we had all these dreams growing up it was like, oh man, I'd totally watch another season of this or watch the movie of this or see this thing happening and or like see these another big thing is like games getting HD remixes on just Steam or something like that. Like all these games you played when you were younger where like, oh I really like that game. Be cool to see it again, and then it's coming back, and like, so that's a big thing is like, all these things are just kind of coming back. So, all these dead fandoms that just kind of ended, you might see them again, they may no longer be dead anymore.
1: Yeah, there's definitely hope, and thankfully, in Samurai Jack's case, because unfortunately, especially in animation a lot of this stuff has a tendency, if it isn't a hit, to get written off tax-wise and can never be rebroadcasted again on its original carrier. There's been a couple of cases on where a studio or a broadcasting company has gotten or has been able to overturn uh, the write-off, but it's a very expensive process and rare to see it. Thankfully, in the case of Samurai Jack, this one was a hit for a long time. Um, I'm actually looking here, and this one award-wise, it's got ten awards under its belt, including several primetime annies, several Annie awards, uh, and a buttload of nominations. I'm not even going to go into because that list is literally about a hundred units long.
4: Yeah, and that's that all has to do with the fact of it. It had really good music. Mm-hmm. It had really good art design. Oh, love the art was, direction. Like, that's basically the two things that made this show. Um, cause that's all there was in it there. I guess there was a uh, story, but the story, I don't know it from what, what you actually see in every story. It's pretty vague, but it like does that in the way that it's vague and it makes you think, Oh, there's something much deeper and like, they've got a whole bunch more planned out. Um, and you're only ever just seeing like the, uh, iceberg basically. The, yeah. The top of the, the, the part of the iceberg that's above the water. You only see that part. And you feel like there's so much more lore, kind of below the surface. So, uh, because like each each episode is its own little story um, of him doing something, and it's never really, not too often you see like two parters. I think there is a couple, but but like it's it feels like you could expand in the lore of that show a whole lot more. Definitely. thinking back they did they still expand a whole lot of lore on that show yeah well and they also have the idw comic series that
1: just recently wrapped up which sort of ends the whole thing a lot of people are speculating that they're just adapting that to animation coming up here with the reboot uh later on this year or supposedly later this year i will say cartoon network on projects like this does have a tendency to um delay themselves into non-existence so i'm uh I'm not i I'm really excited but I'm a little concerned still. But
2: we'll yeah. see.
4: Okay. Um Oh, isn't the Yeah, the character who played uh Akud passed yeah. away. Yeah, Mako died a few years ago, yeah. And wasn't he Yeah, he was he was um he was Uncle Iroh. Yep. In Avalon. Oh
0: jeez. I didn't know that.
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're <laughs> crushing um, dreams in the fandom of the week. Yeah, man, and that <laughs> episode in Avatar where they had, uh, like, the, uh, they had, like, it was one episode where it was, like, a, three short stories, and one of them was dedicated to him. And, I remember uh, that. It made me cry. Oh, uh, that pulled the oh. heartstrings. Yep. So, so good. So I don't know who would they get to, like, replace him if um, they got another that person. Well, I guess they replaced Iroh. Like they I some, mean, or...
3: they replacing a voice actor and stuff. It's common. I feel like it's a common thing nowadays, um, especially for something that's being rebooted. Mm-hmm. I okay. mean, even it it happened in like something as popular as Ruby.
4: Yeah. Yes.
0: Or tit- or Teen Titans.
3: Yeah. So. Yeah.
4: I don't think the new T Titans really counts for anything. I know, yeah. but
0: changing voice, but changing voice actors. I mean,
4: yeah. Well, and let's be, let's remember here.
0: He died in two thousand
1: six. They hadn't even finished Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh. Uh, David Fastino has actually been going and, or has actually been filling in for him I, ever since. He also I did thought- the voice. Act-
4: yeah. I thought they had, like, all his most, or most of his stuff done
1: by then, though. Most of it was. There was only a couple of episodes, and it wasn't even, like, the very last episodes, because I guess they had recorded a lot of them out of sequence.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, but he also went and did the uh, voice uh, of him in the one episode of The Legend of Korra that he showed yeah. up in as well. Yeah. He's also done the voice of him. I guess originally he started doing that... Uh, originally he started being his... Um, what do you call it? His backup with the uh, Samurai Jack video game, because oh. uh, Mako apparently did not go and record the audio for Aku in that one. He did. Oh, that's fair. So yeah, like, so it's so... it's not like he it, he's already kind of inherited the role just by being the backup. And it's I'm not like... uncommon for a major oh, no. voice actor to have somebody to go and fill in lines for re edits, for example.
4: Yeah, well, that happens with like some of the characters that are like really old characters, like yeah. Mickey Mouse and such, and. Like those, like Bugs Bunny, yeah. Like they have, they have other actors that can do that voice because the ones who did are, most of them are passed away, aren't they?
0: I'm just gonna go another one, Jim Henson, ta da.
2: Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, and like, and like you said, the original Bugs Bunny actor, he did, he did seven or what was it, sixty different voices, like throughout his his career, and he did like almost he could do every single. Um, tell Looney Tunes character,
1: yeah. <laughs> if you want, and yeah, no, he he was the inspiration for Frank Welker, who is the man of a thousand voices. I mean, what does that tell you about a guy?
2: Exactly.
1: <laughs> this is the
4: inspiration. My God, exactly. Um, I guess Jim Cummings is pretty, yeah, up there for having all those voices. Oh, definitely, yeah. But anyways, that, that was my long my one. Love, stuff love it. All
1: loved right, it. Fantastic. who's next? Who's next, Robert? I'm thinking, Anna, you seem to have an idea on what you want to talk about. Let's hear it.
3: Oh, okay. So this is... I have... I have no, you should you go first. Have to,
0: you I, don't have to go as long as Tyler No, did. you
3: should go first because I have, I have like three right on top of my mind. I'm still debating which one is more important to me.
0: All right, Cole, you go and fill in. Anna, try to get your shit straight. <laughs> okay.
3: I have a lot of feelings about anime.
0: I've noticed. It's not just anime, though, but it can be anything, by the way. Yeah.
3: But those are the main things for me.
0: Very true, I suppose. Okay. For me. Now, for me, this one was a little bit tricky. I actually thought about this one a lot more than I usually have to. Um, Because I've never really had anything that doesn't continue that I've liked. You kind of know what I mean? like my 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 for my, my, for example my brother he loves firefly mm-hmm. it's his favorite thing in the world it's one of his favorite tv shows he absolutely adores it and firefly is one of those those things that had one season and for some reason the board of directors were like nope we don't it's not bringing enough money i
1: it it i'm i'm sorry i'm going to go and defend uh well It wasn't even actually Fox. I think it was Warner Brothers uh, Television that originally produced the show, and it was Fox that was airing it. That one, it just didn't have the ratings. And I'm going to defend, unfortunately, the studio a little bit here. There were uh, Joss Whedon actually oversaw the promotion of that series, Mm -hmm. and he, for some reason, decided for both. And this was really early in the age of the internet and video streaming. But he decided that for all the web promotion and the base of the television promotion that he was going to reuse this one scene over and over and over again. And a lot of the youth that would be really interested in a kind of quirky show like that kind of thought it was familiar. Because it was almost shot for shot uh, the same as Outlaw Star uh, in the first episode, this particular promotional cut. It started off with really bad ratings. It went through the fall period Uh, Barely made it through that. They actually ended up filling out the final episodes and airing them on television just because they didn't have anything else to go and fill in place. And the ratings did increase uh, after the winter break, but it still didn't have anybody watching it originally. Now, it's gained a lot of notoriety because it replayed on G4. It's replayed on uh, Science Channel. It's replayed a million different places, Sci-Fi Network. So it's gained a real cult following. But it's kind of like Arrested Development. People love it. It was a really well produced show. They just don't want it to come back. Well, nobody nobody saw it. Oh yeah, <laughs> nobody well, saw it in the first uh, place. That was the killer.
4: Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, like that's the thing about that is, it became a cult hit. Yeah, and like cult hits are always like after they were aired and such, where it's like <laughs> the movie took a while before, like it,
0: Clerks it was.
4: Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah, you want to talk about a movie that made
1: nothing? I mean, that one cost nothing to make, but yeah, well, yeah it cost a couple.
0: Year. It yeah. cost money. He maxed out four credit cards. Yeah, yeah but... it, <laughs> it wasn't that much money? Yeah, uh, no, but I, I, have heard the backstory for for the funding yeah. for
4: Uh <laughs> So yeah, it's just like um, the that that's the big thing right there. Is if the show doesn't get people watching it, then why would they keep airing it? That's that's just not a practical business model and that's what these are our businesses oh totally, uh, totally. But like, that's
0: but that's just not that's just not personally one of mine like people are nowadays are like stressing I was like
4: they should bring it back but see the thing is they kind of did like they gave it a movie yeah nobody um,
1: saw that either
4: yeah that's the thing they <laughs> did bring it back like they brought back like a box set stuff and and then they came out with a movie and it was still just not that popular and like that's it's it's this weird taboo thing of people really loved firefly and they wanted to come back to the point where it actually did come back and it still people didn't watch it and so it is where it is
0: but yeah that one personally for me like firefly i've not watched very many episodes i don't think i've ever watched a full episode start to finish but it's just not, it's personally just not one of my favorite things to watch, and, but the, I'm just mentioning it because it is one of my brother, it is my, one of my brother's favorite shows, and a lot of people, other people's favorite show as well, but for me, I've never really had anything, like, like a show that I've really, really enjoyed, kind of just cut off, I suppose. Like, I'm sure there is, and I'm just not thinking about of it right at the moment, but I don't know. It's it's one of those things that like there's been so many of them over the last couple of years that just disappear, and I don't know. It's just I can't really explain it very well. well
4: there you go. He doesn't know.
0: I'm, I'm yeah. just going to go and slept.
1: take a. Sh- I'm just going to take a shot in the dark here and uh, just throw out one and see whether or not this actually means anything to you. It may very well not. Uh, Pirates of Dark Water, maybe? Nope. Ring a bell? Nope. Okay. Nope. God damn it. What is right. that Why does
4: that sound familiar?
1: I just Google it. You're gonna see, it and you're gonna be like, "Oh, right. Why did this never end either?" In that oh. one's case, it was just Hanna Barbera saying it was too expensive and just pulled the plug.
2: Do
4: you know what? It's uh, oh god, I can't remember. It looks so damn familiar.
0: <laughs> what was it called? Pirates of Dark Water.
3: Okay, I'm gonna Google it too. <laughs>
4: I feel like I must have watched that when I was young, but I got maybe, yeah. But I can't remember anything yeah. from it.
0: I think the only things that for me that I would I would I kind of hated that they, like I don't know, like of, of course like the Z like Xena back in the day that was obvious. Like I hated that it ended, it, but it ended in a way that it it was supposed to end.
2: Yeah, um, I
4: have a lot of stuff though.
3: Like it was meant to end at that time. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I don't know if Hercules did the same thing, like Kevin Strobo. Yeah. I don't know. Uh,
1: I think the the only one of those films that actually just died uh, straight out was, um, oh, God, uh, Bruce Campbell's... uh, Sinbad? No, no, Jack of All Trades. That I never watched. Yeah, it wasn't directly connected to Sinbad or Xena, but it was from the same producers. And the show happened because of Bruce Campbell's roles on Xena.
0: Oh, okay. But the only one I can other, I could possibly think that would would even affect me would probably be the Stargate Atlantis cutoff. Oh, okay. Um, because I've loved the Stargate series a lot. The original series was one of my favorites. Um, I own every single episode. I've watched them multiple times.
4: I feel like that's not one that just got canceled out of nowhere. Um, uh, they've got a lot of... Ad- Atlantis actually Atlantis was. Did. Atlantis yeah.
0: did cut off at, at a weird spot. They just were like, we can't pay for this anymore
1: hmm yeah they actually were working on production or pre-production for the next season uh they i think they actually canceled it like the day after the finale came out because they just wanted to see okay will anybody go and watch the season finale quote unquote and it just continued to struggle for ratings and that was like it it
0: was it was good Mm -hmm. but not everybody enjoyed it as much as they enjoyed sg1 yeah
4: yeah that kind of surprises me a little bit yeah That just happens sometimes. Is like there's shows out there that are good, and they just don't get anything from that. Um, Yeah, no, and that's that's a perfect example there, Cole.
1: (laughs) You accidentally stumbled onto it.
0: I kind of figured I'm like, because I never really watched a lot of of um, Atlantis. I enjoyed it, and I tried to keep up with it, but. Unfortunately, I, I I couldn't and I lost track and I'm like, I don't really want to be in the middle of this and not know it. You know what I mean. Yeah. It's just one of those things. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Robert, who's going next? You or Anna? Anna's going next. Unfortunately. Okay.
3: Okay. We're going to talk about Fruits Basket because that was uh. a huge I, I, I die every time because it's one of those things where like it, it ended at – you think would be a good point to end but like the manga kept going and you're like there's still so much story that you didn't tell so why would you end it but like if you find out why it's like okay well i understand why it happened
1: yeah but that one's still there's an unforgivable sin in that one unfortunately because they keep trying every couple of years. The studio goes and tries to get a hold of the rights and either they don't go and get it or they can't go and agree on who's going to produce it. All this stuff. It's well, they've tried to bring it back a couple of times. The and same. You
3: can never so, get it right. The thing is that when the anime was happening, um, the artist and the writer of the manga was actually like there to be like, This is okay. I'm okay with you guys having this part in it. I don't want this part changed and stuff. And the she wasn't able to continue the manga for a while because of a wrist injury. Mm -hmm. And so the animation and all of them were like, "Well, we'll just you know change this and make this happen and stuff." And she was like, "No, like I'm not okay with you doing this." And there have been times where they would try to bring it back, like, the same animation studio and all that. And she's already been like, I'm not going to work with them be- because of how much they want to change it. Like, I, I'll bring it back, but not with them.
1: Yeah. No, and I totally understand that. And so. it just drives me absolutely nuts because that show technically went on hiatus for, like, seven years after it was done. Like, they still had the rebroadcasting rights to go and do another season. They just obviously didn't go and have the creative control or anything. So it was on hiatus forever. That's why all of the marketing, when they went and released the original DVD box sets, it was always Fruits Basket Season 1, Season 1. Everybody's like, where's Season 2? Where's Season 2? And then eventually they pulled the plug. Yeah, exactly. They finally pulled the plug on the whole thing. And then suddenly, a new production company goes and comes up, and they have secured the rights to go and make a television series out of it. But they don't have any of the creative content control, and it never happens.
3: Yeah. Well, it's also one of those things where, like, if they were to... They would have to just reboot the hills, the whole series, to be honest. Oh, yeah. um,
1: At this point, yeah.
3: Yeah, it's just been so long. And their previous voice actors and stuff are so busy, or... Have passed away, or going
1: to say a couple of those.
3: <laughs> so it just, yeah, that's that's my my main thing. Whenever someone's like, "Oh, this what series ended too soon for you?" That's the first series I'm like, "This one," but I could easily name other ones. Mm-hmm. Cough, cough, ghost stories. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like I said, I think this is going to be coming back. This is uh, the doomed fandoms part one. Definitely. So, uh, yeah, there, uh, there are going to be plenty more of these things. And apparently a few things I need to go and throw Cole's direction so he can go and uh, scream at the microphone like me.
0: Hmm? What? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I blanked out there for a second.
4: That's yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I, I think he legit did, though. Okay, yeah. um, what was yours, Rob, though? Have you said yours yet? No, he hasn't. I
1: have I have not, and with good reason. I've been saving it for the end because this was the best Damn series that literally nobody ever watched. Loveless. No, that one. <laughs> <laughs> that Cal one I had goes new, back to my corner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's okay. I had a new type USA subscription at one point, and that was one of the episodes they put on the DVD. They kept inside. I, I've oh. seen enough. <laughs> actually, that was that was actually pretty good. I'm not I'm not gonna go after Loveless, but uh,
3: okay. I was gonna say. Yeah, I'm cosplaying a series this year.
1: Oh my!
0: Okay, uh, walk away from the microphone. (laughs) So, Robert. Mm -hmm. So you put the the a link to the opening of this thing, this particular show. You you said the name for it, right? It was Motor City. I didn't yet, but Motor City, the best damn series nobody
1: ever watched. Directed by Chris Prinosky, Created by Chris Prynoski. You might better know as the founder of uh, Tip Mouse Animation. Also known as the guy that went and did the opening to Megas XLR. Also known as the guy SB1 that went too. to... Direct- <laughs> yeah. Uh, director for Metalocalypse, uh, Freak Nick the Musical. Uh, as well as the <laughs> somehow award-winning psychedelic trip montage from Beavis and Butthead to America. This guy is a very talented man, and he managed to go and make the most metal show ever aired on a Disney Channel.
0: Yeah, but yeah, I'm looking at this, and and you know what? The first thing I thought of was I'm that sure it reminded me of. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of Power Rangers Turbo. Yeah, without I know. the morphing and the yeah. swords. Yeah,
1: and without going and kind of being a joke.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because there was like because that's literally what I it reminded me of was like them all in their individual swords, but just not going together and becoming one.
1: Yeah, this the series is absolutely unbelievable. Some world ending event has happened basically, and the city of Detroit is in ruins. One man comes up and goes and rebuilds it, creates a futuristic one known as. Detroit Deluxe, over the ashes of the old uh, Detroit underneath. Uh, This person, the described as savior of the world, or in some cases villain, depending how you're looking at it, Abraham Cain, voiced by none other than my favorite voice actor, Mark Hamill.
2: You're
0: kidding, really?
1: This might be, I'm not joking here, because I'd like love everything that he does. um, The Joker's amazing and everything else too. This might be the best character he ever voice acted. He brought a whole different kind of life to this thing. I cannot describe on how fantastic he was. Like you could care about nothing in this series other than this character and his motivations. He's just so well-written and the voice acting is so great. I actually Saw an interview with him after the word came out that the show was being canceled, and he said that was the hardest cancellation that he's ever had to deal with on a television series.
0: That sucks.
1: That character was fantastic, uh, but even then, there were some other amazing voice actors in this thing. Reed Scott, who played the main protagonist, Mike Chilton, which I will fully admit is the worst name ever. My name's Mike Chilton. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I'm Chill.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I like it.
1: (laughs) Uh, Kate Micucci went and did the voice of another protagonist, uh, Julie Kane. Uh, And Nate Torrance, who I will guarantee you do not know that name, but if you look him up, you'll uh, you'll remember a lot of things that uh, you loved about him. Uh, He played the nerd Chuck. And tell me you expected to go and hear this name here, Kel Mitchell, as the voice of Dutch. No idea. Cal Mitchell? Keenan no. and Cal? No.
3: Oh!
1: Yeah, that guy. Yeah, i okay. yeah, forgotten part of that pair. <laughs> yes, and Jess Harnell as the most testosterone-driven character ever to go and grace the mouse's uh, television networks. Texas! He's gung-ho, he's juiced, he's always screaming, and he's got the <laughs> IQ of a two-year-old. Wow. They, they drive these insane, souped up vehicles. This is, the art direction wise, this is like something out of Heavy Metal magazine. Psychedelic colors, just brilliant cityscapes, great use of 3D. It's a 2D animated series that's done in Flash, which is normally a horrible thing to say. I did not know the Flash was capable of doing this kind of thing. It is so gorgeous. All of the colors. I, I know I'm reiterating things over and over again. Once again, Art Direction is my most favorite thing about any production. This series nailed it on every level. The cars looked unique. It was a love letter to the old nature of Detroit with their uh, automotives. The villains were really solid. You always knew exactly what they were trying to do, but they all had these complexities about them. Even uh, There's a character named the Duke of Detroit, who is this slumlord that basically is just taking any car that's left over from this world-ending event and just going and keeping them all for himself, polishing them, loving them, being rather inappropriate with them at any given time. (laughs) And he's completely in love with the main character's car and will stop at nothing to get a hold of it. It sounds like just a really monodirectional character focus, but he has some of the... (laughs) Best lines out there, and you understand this guy's freakish narcissism. It's amazing what they're able to do with these characters. It only ran for 20 episodes. This was one of the premiere shows for the Disney XD channel when uh, Toon Disney went and stopped and they tried to go and create a channel more for uh, teenagers, young adults. And they started off really strong. Motor City premiered alongside Tron Uprising, which is another one that we will definitely be talking about in future doomed fandoms. Uh, Really edgy. Didn't go and focus on heavy language or anything like that. It's still a Disney production, so there was no cursing, but it didn't need it. The emotions were conveyed so clearly. I'll, I'll just say it. There were times where you could totally understand the character just going and screaming, fuck, or something like that in the middle of a sequence. But... The direction was so well put together. The writing was so strong. And the visuals were so intense all the time. They were able to go and make it feel organic. All the way through. So. Uh, I don't know if you can even find this anywhere anymore. I actually have all the episodes downloaded on iTunes. And I don't see it in the iTunes store anymore. I know this was written off for tax reasons. So that's probably why it's not there now. But oh, if I you can find it. these episodes.
2: I just get them. them. I, that's I, I cool. Them.
1: Yes. I watched them. them. I can watch them. Good man. Watch them. You will not regret it. This is one of the best shows to ever be canceled before it's time. The last episode, well, I should say the last two episodes, because it's a two-parter, opens up the entire world. And without explaining anything, makes sense of everything. I know that sounds completely implausible but it's there swear to god i'm just i'm not going to talk about this anymore i'm just going to start fanboying if i go any farther here watch it watch so it So wait. yes
3: how many episodes
1: 20 episodes
3: how long is each episode
1: uh 22 to 24 minutes usually okay
3: Alright, cool. So, next time I come over, that's what we're gonna do.
1: Alright, that sounds like a plan. Yes, yes, because I need other people to do this, because before I get too much older, I need to cosplay uh, Mike Chilton, and I need other people, otherwise this is not gonna work!
0: <laughs> Alright, and that's everything, Rob?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's all I gotta go and say. So, uh, with that, uh, cue the music. Tyler,
2: go!
4: Ah, It's time for Tyler's Anime Corner. Now, in Tyler's Anime Corner, I, Tyler, once a week ask a question about anime. My friends come up with an anime to fit that question. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it's just plain weird. But it always is, is very enlightening. Now, this week's question is, what is your favorite genre? Now, let's see what my friends come up with in Tyler's anime corner okay how the Damn hell do we keep that? like uh, where do you get these guys uh <laughs> it's just like a cool lobed uh lounge band that i have just kind of in the corner of my room at all times yeah, it's it's just nice ambiance music. They just kind of play and.
0: Well, at least when I bought when I ordered the ska band for the intro and the outro, at least they came cheap. How cheap? Five bucks and a beer. <laughs> Damn.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is cheap. Like the whole band just splitting one beer, or that no? Two? They
0: each got a beer. Okay, oh, okay, I was gonna say.
1: I was gonna say you got to go. They, they, those guys do an amazing job. They 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 deserve a beer each.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Just but to at clarify, at least, though, I,
1: you'll, you only had a five dollar budget, so I'm, I'm assuming they all had to split that five dollar bill, though, right? Oh yeah,
0: totally. Okay, it was good. It the good. cheapest, crappiest beer you could get.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, since this is a uh, who who went first last time? Uh, I do remember. I think that was me. Was it you? I can't remember. Oh, maybe, maybe it should be Anna to go first this time.
3: Okay. I should. I, no, someone should go before me. So that way I can kind of like get the groove of things, guys.
4: Get the groove oh. of things. Okay. Well, then I'm, I'm sorry, Rob, if you went first last time, you're going first again this time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My favorite genre of anime. Uh, I guess,
1: because there's very few that I don't enjoy, to be honest. So I'd probably go and settle on uh, action dramas, which I know is kind of bridging two things together. But here's my problem with a lot of animes. I like their action series because there's some really cool stuff artistically that a lot of the uh, animation studios in Japan can get away with that, quite frankly, a Western developer couldn't. So I love a lot of that stuff, but a lot of times the action series tend to lack substance. There's very few, like, Tenken Topa Gurren Lagann that just manage to go and get your blood pumping every single episode, regardless of on how insane everything around it is. And I love a lot of their dramas, but, well, I've got an issue with those that are the same as a lot of my action series issues. Uh, A lot of animes are produced with uh, 7 to 11 uh, frames per second as their uh, base of animation. And a lot of times in the dramas, they tend to get really lazy and just come up with one oversized slide and just go and do a lot of pan and focusing shots uh, while people are talking. And even though the dialogue can be really intense and interesting, a lot of times the visuals themselves don't go along very well, but there is a niche of action dramas that have always enticed me all the way through like speed for example has anybody seen speed uh I,
3: I know of it yeah i have not
1: okay I, i'm gonna have to go and link you to that stuff another really fantastic series it's about a photo or it's about a war photographer who's investigating a bunch of disappearances and weird things that are going on in this particular city that he lives in and he ends up getting dragged into this criminal underworld and finds out a really nasty secret about this uh about this organization known as the rapongi group and as weird as this is gonna sound he gets a kiss from a goddess and his quote-unquote dream comes true which is basically anything that he shoots through his camera explodes how is that a wish don't ask I, don't me know. If I nice. feel
3: I feel this guy
1: yeah it's uh it's a uh, it's a little bit of a stretch. This is not an easy show to watch. The first couple of episodes have some truly cringe inducing moments uh, and though the visuals are really strong there and the character models are really solid, it's a bit of a traditional uh, early 2000s dark anime look. The dialogue that's written in matches the speed of the visuals in the process. So even though the writing is very compelling, because this guy is trying to protect this girl, the goddess, quote-unquote, that granted him this power, and this entire organization is out to kill him and take her back against her will, there's a whole bunch of social circumstances that really are hard to go and stomach watching the series, but it makes for really compelling drama, and the action sequences just help to go and break up the monotony and the occasional moments where they go and cheat on the animation to just go and do one of those pan shots I was talking about. So, uh, I know I'm using just one specific example there, but it kind of fills through. So, action dramas, that's mine.
2: Hmm. Okay.
4: Well, okay. That's, uh...
2: Yeah. Oh, it, 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 this was, is
4: always going to be a very vague one, because, like, there are so many genres, and it's like, do you yeah. pick the, just action or... Can you maybe hone it down a little bit? Uh, looks like Cole definitely honed his down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Cole, why don't you go next?
0: I actually have a topic and an actual answer for these. For once, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> um, for me, I've randomly came across this style of anime several years ago when I was just randomly going through a list of animes and I was rather bored, and I just picked one at random and started watching it. The name of that particular anime was called Cooking Master Boy. Now, it's set in, um, in China. This is, how, this is the description for it. The plot takes place during the 19th century in the Sichuan region of China, where Mao, a child born with great talents in cooking, has to compete in a, compete in a nationwide cooking competition to preserve his family-owned restaurant after his first cooking showdown with the destruc uh, disciple of his late mother Mao realizes that he must work hard to earn the title of best chef in China so as to travel around the nation to learn various cooking styles along the way and it's actually really really interesting style of thing and it's it's essentially a cooking anime where they like, like the, he I don't know it's just one of those things that you, you wouldn't really think about there's not really like any fighting but they combat by cook by cooking yeah. and
4: who wins but has the best food see this this is like an anime that also can just fall right into the more uh, uh generic uh, of mm-hmm. animes where it's targeted towards uh, basically younger males so there's gonna be there's gonna be things like uh, fan service with boobs there's gonna be fighting. not so much in this particular one though in in Food Wars,
0: no, not Food Wars. I'm talking Cooking Master Boy.
4: Oh, Cooking Master Boy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that wait, wait, wait. particular There's one... more than one cooking anime. Oh God! yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I have I a am
0: list old of man. ten that i oh, right now.
1: Oh dear God! Why?
0: They're actually really, really good. That one, and that's the one that I was I first got me into it, and that was
4: back from '97. I remember this one. Oh, and he's like, ah, uh, yeah, he has like a, a like a thing on his arm. That he always covers up. Yeah, that's like, that's
0: actually, he gets that, he becomes one of the top number one chefs in, like, he, he joins the ranks of the number one chefs throughout the series, and when he goes traveling, he doesn't want people to know that he is that rank of a chef, so he yeah. covers up the armband. And so, so, and then
4: he goes and cooks these amazing meals, and they're like, oh my god, these are amazing, and he, like, pulls off his armband thing to reveal who he actually is, and they're like, oh my god. And, and he's really young, he's like 13, 14 years old. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, it's it's definitely still
0: shonen. Uh. Oh, definitely. But another one for is what which Tyler started to mention is called Food Wars or Shokuchi no Soma. Um, th- it's only twenty four episodes, and I only just found out about it from my roommate a couple of weeks ago, in which I then proceeded to binge watch it through it until about four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, classic, very classic. But it's really really good. It's only aired like. Um, in September, uh, from April till September of 2015, for season one, and season two is about to come out probably within the next month or two, and it is really, really good. And like Tyler said, it is kind of directed for males and stuff like that because the way they kind of they added this is like the of uh, how they it's categorized under ichi is what this is saying kind of like that is the perspective is that when you have like a, you have like a food gasm,
2: mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. It's uh, a and and like, beautiful looking food and you just, Oh
0: yeah. And the most common thing that you will see is you'll take a bite and then all of a sudden everybody was to have this food immediately becomes naked.
4: Oh yeah. Yeah. They it, it like, it goes all soft and then it's like the food themselves is, causing them to have an orgasm, and then it's, like, all soft. <laughs> and like, I
3: love this anime. <laughs> uh.
4: Um, Another funny part,
0: actually, that is in the same kind of vein of it, is that near the end of the first season there's, the, there's this test. Because what this is about is that the main character, Soma, reluctantly goes to Japan's top culinary school, where you only have a 10% chance of passing. And you have to, you go there for, like, it's, like, high school grade, and you weren't, like, all this stuff, but you only have a 10% chance of actually passing. And the people that do pass are become the elite of, of Japan and the world's culinary arts. And become famous because of it. But at the end, there's this test that they that the that the main character is in, and one of these other characters, um, they all have their speciality of what type of food. They have like some guy – one guy likes to smoke food. The other one like – another one likes to use fermentation, like that type of thing. And one of them specializes in medical plants, in medical medical cuisine. And yep. one of the judges takes a bite of this – I can't remember exactly – this um, curry. Or, oh, yeah.
4: Yeah, because they have a curry battle.
0: Yeah, it was a curry battle. And they took a bite, and the guy was like a really rail thin guy, and uh-huh. like super thin, he very quiet, kind of like serious but quiet.
4: And then all of a sudden, he just gets buff, and just
0: yeah. Like, and then he takes strong. one bite, and he was like super buff. He's like <laughs> triple, like quadruples the size of those, of the size of his body, and everybody else in the group was like, "Oh my god, what happened to him? He's usually a super rail, like sticky rail guy." And kind of what they go into, they kind of use the exploration of like the four healing things like healing plants of Japan and like the main circle and stuff like that. It's really really interesting so if you get a chance go ahead and watch it.
4: guess I'll have to. So yeah. Um, And like those ones they they, it's nice (laughs) that like uh, I guess food's becoming one like there's probably some other ones that are about food but I can only think of those two. Um, Cause, like another big one's like sports or stuff. Um, sports is always a big chunk now for a genre. Um,
3: I'm sports tracks.
4: Okay. Uh, <laughs> but like that's, my, my,
3: that's not the, sports. Sports anime is like up there, but it's not the one that that's like my favorite genre. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
4: Are, are you gonna Are you gonna say yours now? Then do, do you feel comfortable?
3: Yeah. No. Let's talk. Okay. So, I like um <laughs> really dark themed anime.
1: Okay, oh? so like... right for you. <laughs>
4: so like dark dark as in like morbidly dark or like a horror kind of genre. Like
3: in both? <laughs> in both. <laughs> like, like both is good. Um like the first one I can think of is like Elfen Lead.
4: Oh, oh Elf, isn't Elfen Lied.
3: Um, I've, I've, I've heard it heard both ways. Both ways yeah. I've heard it both ways. So, yeah,
2: I oh, said yeah, it one go. way, and
3: then my friend said another. So I was like, "Yeah,", yeah. and then um, like Mariah, Miki mm-hmm. so like yonder anime. <laughs> yeah. but then I also like just like Wolf's Reign where it's not all bloody gore. <laughs> like, there's actually dark themed story and stuff.
4: Okay, so you probably like so, things like Future Diaries and. Uh... Yeah. Um, do you ever watch Noizuma? D- Noizuma?
3: D- I I don't know. I probably heard of it. It's probably on my list of things that I'm gonna watch. It's
4: the daughter uh, of Noizuma. What
1: about say uh, Berserk, that kind of thing, or is yes. that? Uh...
3: Yes. Okay. Or, yeah, was, like, oh, Google. okay. So Berserk, Tokyo. Don't get me started on Tokyo. Goal. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Berserk. So I have a friend who wanted, because we're talking about really dark-themed anime and stuff, and we wanted to have more dark-themed, like, cosplays, and he was talking about getting a group together for where all the guys do characters from Berserk, and then all the girls do characters from, um, Claymore.
4: Mm. Oh, well, I guess Claymore might be a dark Claymore's one.
3: Claymore's kind of a dark series. I don't know if you've read the manga. Yeah. I, I, manga, I
4: think it
1: falls in there.
3: Yeah, but, like, where, like, that would be like a really cool group to see Berserk cosplayers and Clan cosplayers all together. But yeah, dark anime. Yeah.
4: You should check out my, my, uh, it's Rin, Daughters of Momoi... Mimo- oh, I can't say it now all of a sudden. <laughs> Mamoizima. <laughs> Mimoiz- Mimo- oh, I, I used to to I- say this, and now I can't.
3: Oh, yeah. I, I know just- what it's talking about.
1: Yeah, just skip that. Watch Gungrave again.
3: Good it's green. like,
4: it's like only six episodes, but it's like, oh man, I like how that one just, it jumps through time like every 10, like to another, every 10 years, like every episode's like 10 years later.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh. But it looks yeah. good. Mm-hmm.
4: And it's got that some dark themes like that too. and mm-hmm. um, But okay.
3: Yeah. So I don't know. It's. I just like dark themed things in general, like not just anime that's dark themed, like video games or movies and stuff. And it's really funny because all my friends are, you know, bigger than me or taller than me. And then they're like, I don't like these things. And I'm like, oh, I like these things.
4: Yeah, you're you're small and (laughs) dark soul.
1: (laughs) I I try
3: to
4: remember what
1: what did we watch when we were at Disneyland? It was like Fright Night or something like that. You know, the the horror comedy. It's yeah. like everybody thinks that Anna's just this sweet little girl and that there's nothing ever dirty or evil or even the least bit sadistic about her. And then you take her to Disneyland and you realize this is a freaking psychopath and I love her more You're than watching
3: life. a horror movie, watch people kill each other in the hotel room and then go out on a roller coaster. <laughs> just go on the teacups or something.
2: Yeah, well, this
1: she is the most amazing person I've ever met. And by that, I mean, I'm scared of what will happen if I ever leave her alone.
4: Oh, Cole's putting a bunch of links to his animes. He's he's really happy about these, I guess. I, I, I can tell. T- <laughs> I'm definitely okay.
2: curious.
4: Okay, I'm, I'm just going to go into mine now. Because um, mine is, like, very, very generic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I just kind of picked... Uh, Sign in, which is um, literally just means like, kind of, what does it mean? Uh, young man, I think, is what it stands for. Because um, it's it's like shonen, but like it's targeted yeah. a little bit older audience than shonen. Shonen yeah. be like uh, kind of prepubescent to like in your teens, where. Yeah, they- Shonen
1: is typically referred to as like the young adult standard and then yeah. God, more yeah yeah
4: it's like young boy where like signing as young man um mm-hmm. and it's kind of it's got more it means its themes and like what it's writing about is a lot more adult yeah, it's not like that generic thoughts.
2: yeah
4: yeah it's not the generic like i need to fight to save my friends and get better at this which is a lot of the shonen stuff which is um used quite a bit it's more that makes it also have a very wider variety so it like uh things like you just mentioned like your horror animes fit in that like tokyo ghoul berserk um but then just like anything that's it it seems to be just the generic anime setting like if it doesn't fit in anything else then it kind of fits into this or it fits into this and then has other things it fits into um because if it's not like a shonen thing where it's kind of targeted toward younger people, like One Piece and like uh, Dragon Ball Z and F- Food Wars, and all those shows are kind of targeted be- toward the shonen for like the Saturday morning cartoons version, um, and like all the and then everything else that's a little bit older would be this. So it's like would have some kind of fighting it Like a, what would fall into this? Gurren Log would probably fall into this. Yeah, yeah. Um, psychopaths um, would fall into this pretty well.
2: Psychopaths.
4: Um So it's, like, things that are, like, have action in them. They got action, they got fighting. They're not super gory or anything. I guess some could be. Um, yeah. And those would also just be, like, a horror one. But then they talk, but then they also, have like, uh, they talk about more political stuff, or uh, mm-hmm. they have humor in it, and it's a lot more tongue-in-cheek and more, you have to be more adult to understand some of the jokes they make, and um so yeah it's it's a it's it's a very generic genre because it encompasses quite a bit of things so, it's just like an age range basically
1: so you're talking more in the area of like say a uh oh i don't know a mobile suit gundam or a die guard yes. or uh tenchi muyo that kind of thing
4: yeah i guess yeah that would be pretty close to that um I'm trying to think. Mobile suit might point more towards like shonen than anything.
1: You think so? Because like the original Mobile Suit Gundam or Double O, the political side of things is really what dominates that series. Like people think of it for oh, all this giant robot fighting action, and most of those stories or most of those series, it's
4: less than ten percent of the overall uh, actual animation. I guess. Yeah. um, So. It just it feels like a shonen kind of genre because you you I, see it because um, you'd be in like shonen magazines and yeah such like that and it would still be targeted towards I guess younger adults um, I, like I, I can understand the very first uh, very first ones being more seeming like they're more adult but now now they're very.
1: I I'll, I'll agree with you. Now these days, yeah, that's definitely leaked more in the shonen side of things,
4: especially with things like Gundam Build Fighter. Yeah, but, but like, it, it still got like fighting and such, and yeah, um, yeah, like there was that whole political aspect to it. But I, I never really caught on to that being a big enough impact on stuff because huh? um, yeah. it was just a reason for them to get in giant robots and fight, basically. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it basically a lot of a lot of animes since a lot of them are targeted towards like males fall into the shonen or um, seinen aspects because it's either it's for like young boys or just kind of men, and then you've got well I guess there's so much anime it's so complex and there's you basically I, I don't know how they still keep coming up with ideas and well I guess the ideas they do come up with are very convoluted and anime is very convoluted now and just complex because there is just so much of it. Um, it's either that or it's a theme that's just constantly repeated and changed slightly. Um, but I guess that's that's what I'm going to say. Is that like, that's that's the genre that I watch a lot of where it's um, animes that are action-y but also kind of funny but also have like uh, good Writing I guess and then all those things fit into that. So I uh, <laughs> yeah. I wish I could like narrow it down a whole lot more, but I, I can't. I just I watch a lot of stuff. So okay. I think that's the end of our section. I think I'm done. I think we yeah. talked about things. Yeah. Ooh. So do you have next week's question? <laughs> Not yet. Um I'm running. I haven't. I wanted to make a nice stockpile of questions, but I just haven't done it yet. Um, All right, we'll get to that. We'll get back to that. I don't know, Adam, no, no, no. Everybody, I have, pressure him, Pressure them. Adam, do you have a question? Would you want to see as an anime question?
3: Um, I will make you a list.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, i I think I think I've got one. Um, it kind of follows genres. I also thought about this that, that we came. I came up with some. Um, what is your favorite? Archetype, as in character-wise.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
4: So, what is your favorite archetype?
0: Oh, archetype! Characters? I thought you meant archetype, like an arc in an anime. I'm like, what? Like your oh. favorite,
3: your favorite type of character, basically. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Oh. So you got
4: Cassandra. Uh-huh. You got your sensei. You got your yeah. senpais You got gotcha,
0: your Lucy.
3: I just like the big teddy bears so <sighs> I'm not gonna be here next week. Or the hothead. I, I, I you know
0: too.
4: So that'll be who's ever next week's question. All right. Um, what is I'm your so
3: favorite? Archetype. So like, so like Snow. <laughs> 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 snow from Final Fantasy.
4: Okay, there there we go. Since she's not here next week, she done. answered the question. <laughs> question finished, done. Cool. Okay. All right. Um, well, I guess we're on to the next section, which is the gaming table. woo
0: Doo-doo. Do, do 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 Okay, yeah, I don't have a theme song. Uh, <laughs> right. I will think of a theme song. Apparently, <laughs> anyways, though. I really threw you off. I really threw you off base, didn't I? <laughs> yes, you did. I feel left out. <laughs> but anyway, welcome to Cole's gaming table. What um, would
4: be a good theme for this? Because like fandom a week's very epic sounding. Uh, anime corner is very relaxing and loungeified. I,
0: I feel put like- in the dubstep. <laughs> um. At this week on my gaming table, uh, MMOs. What have you played? Did you enjoy it? If so, why? Now, looking at our doc here, me and Robert are the only ones that put anything on
2: here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and one. Robert, I know for a se- uh, for a fact, I know for that you have played more than just that that. I thought we were just doing one, so I just. Oh yeah, you can talk. You can, you can kind of just go over which ones you've done. You, yeah. you play, but you don't. Have, but you can talk about your favorite. All right, cool. Wait, uh, how
4: come? How come you have a question now? When when did the gaming table sort of copy my section as well? I
0: couldn't think of anything else. Screw you.
4: Okay. <laughs> we have had a couple of question based things for the game. They're all turning into question based ones now. Well, like each section is questioned. There
0: wasn't any really anything in news that was coming out new. And like the only thing I could really talk about that is new really is they were talking about the stats for the division's second beta um, for their open beta, which now holds the record for the largest open beta mm-hmm. with about I, what was it? It was like eight million people.
1: Something like that. I read the article, but I didn't actually
4: break it down i can't remember oh they they worded it they worded it very spin doctor where it's like it was the biggest beta of a new ip on new consoles yeah yeah
0: but it was but it's also considered to be one of the larger open betas for consoles
4: no, I, it, that's that's or not just like how they worded it. That's that's not how they worded. That's the whole thing about this. Is no, they I, re-
0: I saw another article as. where it was talking about about just how it was one of the like Destiny used to hold the record.
4: Oh, for well, for a new IP for on betas consoles. for betas. Yeah, for yeah. so that like that's that's I, the press release they said. That's the I, way they worded. it. And,
0: I'm, and the, I don't think they're including like long term betas. They're talking about the the weekend betas and stuff like that.
4: Well, yeah, that's yeah, why. They're, I,
1: the ombudsman is working on this. Why don't uh, Why don't you start the table here, and I'll uh, I'll get some clarification on
0: that. All right, thank you, um, Tyler. Since you have something up here, why don't you
4: start? Okay. Um, so, what 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 MMOs have you played? I played like Maple Story and Secret World.
0: You play? I remember you talking about that you played like Wo- WoW for like a very very short period of time. Oh,
4: yeah, but My computer can handle it. Um, but that
0: was a long time ago. You never really. Yeah, that was a
4: long time ago. So, like, I played, like, I tried playing WoW, and my computer would like slow down when I hit a city. Um, so, and it was the same computer I played Maple Story on. It was like an, a compact from two thousand three.
0: What is Maple oh. Story, real quick?
4: Okay.
2: Who
4: hasn't played
0: Maple <laughs> Story? I played Maple Story too. I'm just saying, give it a brief overview of what it is. It's like. It's a yeah, Korean
4: side scrolling MMO. There we uh, go. <laughs> where it's like all very cartoony. Um, and you just have free. basic. Yeah, it's free to play. Um, yeah, yeah. They got a cash shop.
0: huge. Uh, it was freaking huge back when we were in high school.
4: Yes. Um, and like everyone's played it. Like you talk about Maple Story, there's always someone who's played Maple Story. Um, like I guess all. all or at all least people, knew somebody that played it. Like did Anna, did you play Maple Story? I did, Robert. Yep, yeah. It's just it was the game that everyone played eventually.
0: The only time I could play it is when I was over at Tyler's house. Good, I didn't have internet until I was almost finished high school. Oh wow.
4: Um, so that one, I just I played a lot of that one because that was back when I didn't really have too many video games or video games weren't really uh just I just didn't have as many video games as I do now. <laughs> Nowadays, video games seem to just. Pour out of everywhere and and i don't have time to finish them where back then i had i'd come home from school and just would have hours to spend and i could just go sit on the computer and play maple story um yeah so that one was just i i just played a lot of it i guess that's that's what happens with all these mmos you're probably gonna say hey i just played a lot of it um and i enjoyed it it was it was very um Again, with like the art style, it has a unique art style, so that always it always looks good because it's cartoony. So therefore, cartoons like that don't really age when you have the proper art style. So I could probably go back to it and play it, and it would just all the same. I would not have I would not have like a nostalgia shock where you happen to go back and play old games and they look really.
0: Like, going back and playing that weird N64 game or whatever the fuck it was that you were you talked about a couple of weeks ago?
4: Oh, yeah. Uh, body Harvest. That's what uh, it was, yes. See, like, because with uh, um, World of Warcraft, you go to the older areas and stuff is really pixely there.
0: Well, now, but they've also redone a lot of things since.
4: I know, but it's like, you go back, like, you go to, like, the trees and everything, they're all a lot more polygony and then you go to the newer areas that are not as like that like they do update some stuff but there are still areas that they just can't change Mm -hmm. enough for it to not look as old because Mm -hmm. it's just got some so much core into the game um so i guess they did have that whole cataclysm and they probably changed a lot of stuff they did um so that's just kind of that's kind of how Warcraft was is it's that's been around for so long uh, that's just a huge huge game um, but guess, anyway yes uh yeah anyways um played MapleStory story a lot um, and then the other one was secret world which I really enjoyed but
0: was I the one that got to that, that told you about that
4: no we were we were at a convention and we saw them talk about it and we're like, oh, that sounds cool. And so...
3: Oh, yeah, right. Secret World's supposed to be really good, yeah.
4: Yeah, it is. It, I, it was I, one
3: that, like, I tried downloading, but my computer just couldn't handle it, so I just never bothered completely. See, I never
4: continued playing it because I was basically just playing by myself. Like, even in MMO, I was just playing by myself. Because there's just not a whole lot of people, <laughs> people playing it, I guess. Um, and well, so, was it,
0: what's the general overview of that game?
4: Okay, so it is, see, it's got a really cool concept because it's, you're basically in a world where all your mythologies and all those things, all your legends, urban legends, mythologies, monsters, they all exist. Um, And so you're basically going on around these areas that are, have some um, unusual oddity or event happening and you're there trying to solve it and fix it. Um, the Illuminati exists. Yeah, there's the three faction, which is the Illuminati, the Dragons, and the Templars. Um, and so those like everything in it, everything in all the concepts, all the games, it's all like um, conspiracy theories, uh, mythologies, uh, monsters, urban legends, all those magic. things, magic. Um, it's all just thrown into there. Uh, and and it, but the thing is, it's not in like some fantasy land it's in modern day time so you have things like guns and such that you can fight with uh, which brings me to uh, how they do like the class system basically now the class system is there really isn't one you have it's like a just a skill tree that you slowly kind of go down and you unlock uh, passive, or uh, aggressive or passive-offensive or passive-aggressive um, skills. You can have is it five or seven? Uh, I can't remember. I think it's seven? Maybe six. Something like that. It's it's uh, You can have that certain amount of aggressive which is like your offensive attackings and then you have The same amount of passive, which are things that are just... Well, you know what passive skills are. And so you can only have... Maybe it is five. Maybe you can only have those ten skills. Five aggressive, five passive. And you basically pick whichever ones you want on this big wheel, which consists of magic, melee weapons, and ranged weapons, which is guns. And then you basically pick whichever ones you want, throw them all together. So you could be someone who has a shotgun... And uses fire magic. You could be some guy who deals strictly with using a sword, or like some kind of samurai sword. You could be someone who is does blood magic and also uses like um knuckles and just gets in there. Or you could just be strictly magic, strictly, strictly guns. You could just have nothing but guns. Um, and then it goes down sub trees like that. So you have like your magic goes into like elemental or. Rune magic or blood magic. You have your melee weapons, which go into like fists or goes into swords. You have your range, which goes down to like pistols or shotguns and rifles. And you basically combine those however you can to make what kind of class you want. So it, it's kind of a classless system in that way. And you just kind of match, mix and, uh, mix and match these skills together to make. However, your play style is, which is pretty unique. Um, another thing about Secret World that they tried to really push is, um, was that augmented reality or not augmented reality? Um, AR. No, it isn't. Yeah, yeah, it's augmented reality. AR games where it's like um, some quests you'd have to do, you'd have to literally go outside of the game onto like your. Um, onto your internet and like look up stuff because it would sometimes give you like a uh, website address or something and then you have to be like try to find a password and the password hint is like this is my wife's name and so you get the guy's name so you basically go to the website and it looks like a mock-up of where this guy works and then you kind of scroll through some of the stuff and then you find a quote somewhere about him and he gives his wife's name and it's like my wife Sherry loves this part of this, and then you're like, "Oh, Sherry's his wife name," and so you put that in, and that's the password, and that's how you get into this computer, and it's like things like that. Um, and that was a try. That was trying to be a big seller in that game, but I find those kind of augmented reality stuff uh, or like ARGs normally don't hold up in the long run.
2: Yeah, because you have
4: to have like someone maintaining a website like that, and like domain names, they run out eventually. and all that stuff like there's other there's another game like that that i can't remember what the name of it is but it it was a had a whole bunch of arg stuff in it and then basically what happened is later in time you literally go to that website and instead of it being something that you kind of had to look through it just literally had all the answers on it and you just didn't have to do any searching because they needed to save they wanted to shrink the server so they just made it easy well, they probably just let the domain run out, and then someone might have just picked it up and like put on like a text file and just "Here's all the answers." <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so there. Yeah, that's that's the two games I played a lot of. Uh, okay. Any, anyone else want to talk about stuff?
0: Um, well, Anna seems to have a freaking list. <laughs> Oh, it
1: would seem, although before we get to that, uh, just to go and uh, do my job as the ombudsman here, uh, to answer the question about the division and the actual record-breaking aspect of it, uh, not to take anything away from this, it was a huge deal, and it did break some records. So 6.4 million people played it across uh, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Which does make it across the board the largest open beta for a new intellectual property across platforms. There have been larger open betas that have come out for uh, new intellectual properties, but this is the biggest multi-platform beta that's come out. The previous even
4: even for ones that aren't um,
1: new IPs. Mm -hmm. Well, here's the thing: this is only for new IPs that
4: this record holds up.
0: I didn't see that part. That's what I was talking about. Is
4: like the way it's worded. Mix, yeah, it sound very specific, and you go, "Oh, because uh, it was like new IPs, biggest open beta." Um, I just heard that it was for uh, like basically new consoles. Um, I guess uh, uh, you're talking that it was for cross-platform. So that's like, yeah, I guess that was the... that includes yeah, like three. That includes the three systems. So that's like literally all of them. So yeah, yeah. and that's this is really huge though because consider Destiny this
0: was the last one, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, Destiny's beta in 2014 attracted 4.6 million players. But here's the thing that really tells you on how big the division is because of this circumstance here. Um, the Destiny beta that was available uh, had multiple phases, but the only one that broke the record was when they did the true open beta, which include uh, included PS3 and Xbox 360 in addition to the PS4 and xbox one releases Mm -hmm. so you're talking about one that had a much larger overall base there because most pc play or most pc players were not going and doing this most of the numbers are made up by ps4 and xbox one coming in second uh i don't know if that's just for the sake of pc players really weren't interested or potentially could be software or uh system limitations maybe um because this one does actually boast a pretty uh pretty high uh pretty high operating uh, recommendation on it. So mm-hmm. there could be a lot of factors on it, but still that's huge. They made, uh, they managed to increase it by almost a quarter uh, of the number of players with a much smaller basis because the PS3 and Xbox 360 have still sold more units combined than what the PS4 and Xbox One have managed to do so far. And even counting uh, most PC players, the expectation there for the number of people to be able to play it it's still higher, but the number of people that be playing this kind of shooter expected to be much lower on that side. So it's very interesting. This thing deserves its credit. It's worded really terribly because uh, it does take something away from it. I mean, if we're going to go and count open betas, I mean, God, look at Minecraft and what came out of that.
0: Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, sorry to tear yeah. away from that, but let's go back. Yeah. Um, so Anna, which one? You have a nice little list, so why don't you go through kind of what you have and tell us which one's your favorite.
3: Okay, so my MMO experience basically started, I think, in second grade. Oh, I started early.
0: Please, are, <laughs> um, are you a no? RuneScaper?
3: I skipped RuneScape, went straight to Asheron's Call.
0: But, but,
1: but how do you mine for fish then?
3: But I, wait, let me go back. Okay, so I, I skipped RuneScape basically, went straight to Asheron's Call, and then I played for like three years, and then finally I actually went and made friends in real life to go and hang out with, and then they were like, oh, you should play this game, and then that's when RuneScape happened. But yeah. I, didn't, I, wasn't in, I didn't play RuneScape very much, because I was like, this is boring.
0: <laughs> I'm mining fish.
3: Yeah, so I I probably only played Runescape for probably a month max. Okay, but what I other?
0: Okay, so what other ones did you have in here?
3: Um, I've done MapleStory. I've played. Um, I think it's pronounced Aeon. I've heard of it. Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, it was just a lot <laughs> at once. So, I only played it for two months, and it was one of those series, or one of the games that I only liked when I was playing with other people.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, it's an N C Soft. It's also produced with the same guys who
4: did Fable Story.
3: Uh. There's, oh. there's a lot of NC Soft on here. Um, yeah. uh, and then I Gunbound all- was
4: that too, wasn't it? Yeah.
0: Guild Wars 2. Yeah. Wild Star.
3: Um, anyway. I really liked Terror online, like That was one of my favorites, playing with friends. And I I started playing that late, like last year. Yeah. And then I currently still play Grand Fantasia, which is like the baby of MMOs because it's so simple. You don't need to use a mouse or anything. You can actually play on like a laptop. Cool. So it's, it's a nice series if like you're at your friend's house and you're just trying to derp and waste time while they go and do something, like make food.
2: Cool.
4: Oh, I thought of another one. We'll get back to that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> just a quick, uh, would you consider this an MMO, uh, GTA Online?
0: Oh, God. Uh, I, yeah, actually. I, guess so, yeah. I I would go,
3: yeah, I mean, yeah. technically, yeah, but. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. But it's but like, not really massive because you're playing with 20 people at a time.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
4: All
2: well,
0: right.
3: Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with. Um, I think it's Fanny, Fan, Fantasy Star.
1: Uh, that's one I'm gonna bring up. Yeah, actually.
3: I I played that for a bit on there. Okay. But it was another one where I was like, I would enjoy it more if I was playing with friends.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the whole thing is like just getting people to play with.
3: Grand Fantasia is a good one for like playing alone. Because there's so many players, and you can easily get people to play with you, if needed. So, yeah, I mean, I enjoy it either way. I'm, but I I play as a healer all the time,
2: mm-hmm.
3: so I'm constantly being needed. Like everyone's always going, "We need a healer." Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah, thanks for saving my ass, by the way. <laughs>
4: <laughs> every, <laughs> every time,
3: it's okay. You carry the team in Little Big Planet.
4: Yep. <laughs> Um also uh And
0: you also have Terra Online on there I see.
4: Your your <laughs> mic's a little too close again. I moved it down. Okay. Good girl.
0: But yeah, you have I Terra Online's another one I've heard about and I've been debating getting into.
3: If you play Terra Online, I'll play with you.
0: <laughs> it is a very very pretty game.
3: I have a chipmunk character.
0: <laughs> oh god. But yeah, I've debated getting into that, but my computer's a little bit goofy so we'll have to see it until later. Um, so I guess I'll go next. Um, For me, my, my MMO experience started in World of Warcraft. Uh, Several years ago, a guy that I used to work with was like, I had tried it before, and I'm like, oh, this game sucks. And then a friend mine was like, dude, just go try it again. Go play it, actually play it, play an easy character, and just go and play it for the, try the the seven-day trial, and just enjoy yourself. I'm like, okay, fine. So I went and played it. I made a hunter, and I started playing. Three days later, I bought the full version of the game. <laughs> um, but from there, I played WoW for about a year or two, or I think I played it for about a year after that before I kind of lost interest. And also, I played. I also played uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic, um, starting from its release day one of my absolute favorites. Um, but I've also played, like lately I've been playing kind of um, a, a game called Elite Dangerous. It's a star, um, it's It's essentially a space exploration type economic-based game. Um, it is a syst- um, it's a system based around, we're in the Milky Way galaxy, and there are 22 billion systems that you can visit. And it hasn't and not everything has been visited yet. And the game has been out for a little while on in beta and stuff like that. You can explore and and you upgrade your ships and, and everything like that. It's actually really, really quite fun. Um I've played also played uh, Maple Story, which I haven't played it as much as Tyler ever did, but but I've also played Guild Wars 2, which I thought was pretty cool and not too bad. And I've also played a tiny little bit of Wildstar. When that came out last year, or the year before, I can't remember exactly when it came out. And I'm pretty sure there's been a couple other ones that you could consider MMOs, but I just can't remember them off the top of my head. But I'd have to say my favorite has been Star Wars The Old Republic. Um, it's been interesting, personally, for myself. I've, it's, I don't know, I've really enjoyed the story, I love the voice acting for it. And... I think I've actually talked to someone who was part of the voice acting. I'm not even sure. Um, but, I don't know. It's just been one of those games that I can't, like, the story is good enough that I'm willing to keep going back and again and again and again and again and again. So, um, Robert. Okay, so
1: I'm I'm just going to skip over the stuff I only played for a couple of days because I'll be honest. Maple Story never really compelled me. RuneScape never really compelled me. Um, I've played a lot of MMOs, but I can't say that there's a lot that have really held my attention. Warcraft.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, this is, this is something I just, I'm just thinking of right now is, uh, we keep talking about Warcraft being the big one.
0: It's because it's the quintessential. It's the, it's one of the biggest uh, ones.
4: Was Now it is. Used to be. Before that, uh, EverQuest was way bigger. Church or I guess way bigger for what was going on for those games.
0: Well, yeah, it, well it, WoW itself isn't even really the biggest one anymore, because considering they've lost three quarters of their fan base. Yeah. Uh, three quarters of several million people. Is it three yeah. quarters? Or well, maybe half. They've lost at least half anyway. Here's the
1: problem. The way that they calculate the stuff for Warcrack and the number of players that they have versus Lost is a little bit confused by comparison to other games. Yeah. Because... Uh, Cole is more or less correct. I can't remember the exact stat, but they have lost more than three quarters of the number of accounts that have gone through. The thing is, the way that they calculate their account system, yeah, the way they count their account systems, they still have a ton of players. It's not the 20 million they had before, but the thing with them is that because they've allowed for people to go and play up to a certain level for free, you've had a lot of people that have come in who still have active accounts that they just don't play on. So active players versus players that have actually left—it's a little bit weird with the way they calculate
0: it. So yeah, and the numbers yeah, they used to release because they don't actually release numbers anymore. Yeah, um, they actually said that they used to—they only counted
4: act—they've actually like active subscriptions. Well, yeah, yeah I think that's the thing—is like they have had they had so many uh, subscriptions and like just a huge number of people playing that game that. I don't know if it's them losing three fourths or them just losing a huge number, because um, like if you're a millionaire and you lose, or if you're a billionaire and you lose a uh, like a hundred grand, it's it's still nothing. Where like a hundred yeah. grand death is is like a huge amount, but if you're a billionaire and lose a hundred grand, then you're like, oh, you still end up being a billionaire somehow. It's just the percentage of it that just oh. Uh, so they, I think they're doing fine still. Yeah, They've got so, oh, other games that they are making.
1: Yeah, they're, they're in fine shape. Um, I actually just looked it up here. Uh, so the last active count, which was based in the third quarter of 2015, so basically just a couple of months back, uh, they were still saying they had about 5.5 million subscriptions on there, which is definitely a big step back. Because at one time they did have that 20 million number that they were oh. advertising very heavily.
4: The problem but they is still that, have more than everyone else?
1: Uh, I haven't been able to verify that. Because um, I'm sure there, there's a lot of MMOs that we'll never see over here. I know that there's several MMOs out of Korea that have many more subscribers. But that's because they don't have multiple listing accounts on a lot of their games. So it's very misleading. Yes. I think it's done intentionally. Um, but yeah, it still is. As far as North American is concerned it is still the biggest that's cool yeah so it' very interesting with the way that all breaks down but so yeah they've lost three quarters of their subscribers but this isn't counting uh any of their free service stuff so that up to i think it's level 20 still that you can go and play for free those are not counted against it and it doesn't go and count inactive accounts that people might be going and playing on the free services uh at lower levels so it. it it looks worse than it actually is. They're still making a ton of money off of this. There's still plans for another, I think two expansion packs they've said that are in the works right now. So they it's not going anywhere. It's still um,
4: very much played. What I do wanna like this this will be a topic for another time. Definitely. What? Yeah. Is is uh MOBAs. Oh yeah. It's how much of like MMO stuff is just moving over the MOBA? Where maybe MMOs are now old and people aren't really paying that? They're mostly playing MOBAs. So it's not like how much of World of Warcraft did they lose to just League, MOBAs, to another, to a different genre. Like League right? or Dota th- or Dota. Dota, yeah. League. Um, oh, there's tons now. There's, but those are
0: the two biggest ones right now.
4: Like there's there's three that just came out right now. Yeah, or yeah. there's, um uh, what's that, uh, the one with all the gods. Um, I, I'm trying to remember the name of that, that one. That
0: one didn't do too well. Well, like that a... one's
1: that one started off really strong, and then there were all the controversies, and they started changing some of the female character designs, and that one just dropped like a rock as a result of yeah. it. Yeah, because there's like but...
4: also Battleborn and. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, anyway, so I'm
0: sorry to interrupt about that, but yeah, yes, yeah, so uh,
4: that'll, that'll be a topic for another, for another topic. time.
0: Yes, to yeah.
1: talk about MOBAs. Yeah, Robert. Okay, yeah, so I'm, I'm just going to go and rapid-fire off here on what all I've played, and then I'll come back to the ones that I've enjoyed the most. Exactly. Uh, so going in order here, not counting the stuff I only played for like a day, uh, Fantasy Star on the original Dreamcast, um, which is actually my first online experience ever. I I've,
0: didn't even realize Dreamcast had an online thing.
1: That oh, yeah. was the weird one. That, that console, up until the Xbox 360 and Xbox Live really got going, the Dreamcast had the best integrated software system for online play. I mean, they even had uh, voiceover chat options uh, like five years before the PS2 went and introduced their uh, over mic on there. So not not as long as PC gamers, but that was a huge step forward. And I do remember, this was from like a Game Informer or something like that, they were talking about the headset design and the way that they did the pass-through audio for this dial-up-based connection. Uh, that it actually had a clearer overall voice quality than, I think, 20 of the 22 uh, phone service or fo- uh, major phone service uh, companies in the United States when it came <laughs> out.
0: That's funny.
1: So it's like, I, I don't know how that's possible, but they managed to do it. And that game was awesome. Mm-hmm. So, Fantasy Star Online for the Dreamcast, uh, Final Fantasy XI, I went and played originally on the PS2. Yes, I was that guy that paid 100 bucks for the hard drive to shove into the back of
4: his PS2. It
2: wasn't <laughs> a
4: hard drive, was it? It was it's a like hard a... drive. It was a literal oh. hard drive, yeah. Because I remember it was like a giant adapter thing. Yeah, uh, well, there
2: was an adapter... <laughs>
1: Yeah, there was an adapter that went on the back uh, that went allowed you to go and have DSL-based connection, which is the way they wanted you to do it. Wow. But there was also a hard drive. It was a 10-gigabyte hard drive. I actually still have the hard drive, even though I don't have that PS2 anymore. Uh, huh. They would go and interface <laughs> on there, and it was just a... Uh, Interesting. Interesting.
4: Yeah, it was a serial-based hard
1: drive. It was really kind of cool to see how the whole thing worked. Yeah, but it
4: was like, I remember. I remember seeing that in like stores, and like it was just uh, trying to pay Final Fantasy. It just came in a giant box, and I was just like, "Wow, a yeah. game in a box like that!"
2: Yeah. So
0: no, just- it, Nowadays, we see it all the time.
4: Well, yeah, um, we see collector stuff. A
0: lot. Yeah, but anyway, um, moving on.
1: Uh, yeah, so Final Fantasy XI, originally on the PS2. I did actually play it much more prolifically on the Xbox 360 because uh, my brother kind of killed my PS2. Uh, <laughs> I've got another one now, but uh, that was uh, really disheartening because I could only get the Slim to replace it.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: then after that, uh played uh, Warcrack for a little while. Um, that was interesting. Uh, the addiction was real. Um, I'm still in recovery. I'm... Uh, I'm a former Warcrack addict. I'm, uh, pl- Please be gentle with me, folks. As am I. Yep. Uh, then after that, got into one of my weirdly favorite games ever because it never caught on here in the U.S., so I couldn't actually play with anybody. Fantasy Star Online, they made a new version for the Xbox 360, and it was nothing like the original. It was very limited with what you could actually do with this game. Uh, It definitely played more like a, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example, a good analog. It it played more like a generic hack and slash online, but it was still fun. It was simplistic. And at that point, that was when Xbox live was really starting to get very heavy into the online chat capabilities and allowing you to have more limited parties. So it was really exciting for console gamers. Uh, It's just, nobody played that particular game because it's like halo 3's out so everybody was kind of doing that and going and teabagging each other so that was really disappointing to be honest there was like a week where it was like the best game ever and then nothing else after that uh anyway after that uh star wars the old republic uh and then what i'm currently playing right now although actually i still am kind of playing the old republic uh, Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn, uh, Grand Fantasia, and I just recently started playing the uh, Poké MMO. So, uh, Poké uh, MMO! Poké yeah. MMO! I know what
4: Poke you're talking MMO. about! Oh, yeah.
3: so good! I yeah. was... yeah. I'm
4: yeah.
1: into it. Yeah, a friend of mine showed it to me and was just like, oh, I gotta get that shit. <laughs> I gotta get that shit. I
3: don't know if I still have it.
1: <laughs> is that like the fan is like a fan made one or yeah yeah it's a fan made free to play MMORPG that's built off of the uh coding structure from the original Red and Blue. Ah. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean this I I was actually kind of surprised originally. I thought okay, is am I going to go and download this thing and am I going to find out that Nintendo's going to go and try to shut us down? Nintendo does not openly acknowledge that this thing exists, but several people have actually made the point that they have no intention of stopping this game. Like, they're actually fans of this uh, user created content that's come out of the Pokemon universe uh, with this particular game. So they're not planning on touching it at any time. I, I have earned, weirdly enough, I earned a lot of respect points for a Nintendo on that particular one. because It's like, yeah, no, we're, we're not really doing anything with that platform anymore. You guys... Go ahead. At this point, it's pretty much open source anyway. Everybody's copied their old uh, cartridges off and managed to find ways on how to go and hack the game and go and introduce newer generation Pokemon into their older platforms. So just go for it. Hmm. Yeah, and it plays really well. I will say there's some connectivity issues, but overall, I've been really happy with how that game's turned out. So I've been playing a little bit of that recently. <clears throat> We should, should, totally. But I will say, probably my favorite uh, experience with an MMO game comes from one that I do actually recognize is probably out of my entire list the least polished. Um, Star Wars The Old Republic, just like what Cole said, is a really unique game. It definitely plays a lot like uh, Knights of the Old Republic, if anybody's played the single player... Uh, game by Bioware, and then Silicon Knights went and did the sequel to that one. Uh, It's very much choice-based. It plays a lot like, uh, well, I shouldn't say it plays a lot like, but uh, their choices that you go and make in the game have implications later on in the story, much the same way as, say, uh, Mass Effect or Jade Empire or any game that came out after, like, 2002 to uh, 2008 But the thing that's really kind of unique about this one, uh, originally it started off as a uh, subscriber-based only game, and it was actually the biggest... uh, If I'm trying to remember, I believe it was uh, listed as the biggest launch uh, for a new IP MMO game ever when it initially released, uh, even going beyond the original World of Warcraft numbers, although it it didn't manage to go and maintain them, unfortunately. Within the first year... That one actually did lose uh, about two-thirds of its overall subscribers, but still hung out at around a million million people. So it's not like they were hurting or anything, but it definitely didn't hold up. This game's got a couple of unique things about it, though. Even though it's got text boxes to read everything, it's, I believe, still the only MMORPG on the market that's fully voice-acted. And it still holds the record for the most lines of dialogue in a video game. There's about a quarter of a million actual uh recorded responses inside of it. Which Interesting. Yeah, it's it's really huge. Bioware did a nice job with it, even though I will say, okay, it feels a little bit dated and I don't feel that the item menu or I should say the menu based system necessarily matches up with the action inside of the game very well. I still love it though. I don't oh. care. Exactly. This is a game that I don't think is terribly polished, but it's part of what I like about it. And the other thing as well, since they switched over to -to free-to-play, as well as a subscriber-based option, I feel like this game is really able to go and appeal a little bit more openly. Because my one problem with any one of the MMOs that are out there, most of them are subscriber-based. And the problem with that is that unless you got a lot of money, it's very hard to try to go and find a couple of hours to go and do some grinding and some leveling up and being able to move to the next area on there. So the one thing I've always liked about single-player experiences. This one, when they switched over to it, they were really able to utilize something that they had designed it to do from the start. Because unlike a lot of MMOs, Star Wars The Old Republic was designed to be able to be played in a single-player format, as well as with other people. One of those... It's fun to play alone it's great to play with your friends this one doesn't punish you for going and playing solo even the companions are pretty intelligent as you're playing through and for the without, most part yeah for the most part okay there are some uh, but we, we've same, all got that Freud
0: but definitely but at the same time though like you can easily play the entirety of the of the single player by yourself like you but of course you won't be able to do some missions because they'll be too difficult for you mm-hmm. but at the same unless you level up and then go back to them yeah but all in all it's it's a wonderful system and, a, and they did a really good job and they're continuing to improve they're listening to their fans and they're trying to make it better
1: yeah well i've actually found it kind of interesting i'm looking right now and the subscriber base actually has been slowly ticking up actually in the last year or so new uh, dlc oh, yeah i'm sure that's part of it but it is kind of interesting to they're see also if-
0: free to play now
1: yeah, well, that's just it. But it's kind of interesting because they've been doing free-to-play now for a couple of years. It's weird to go and see it expanding over this kind of period of time because, mm-hmm. yeah, the new DLC is still pretty recent. So it's, Definitely. I think people are starting to come back to it. I think they're, uh, I don't know if it's a nostalgia factor or if it's with the new Star Wars movie that went and came out. But it's kind of interesting seeing numbers increasing and not just a little surge, but,
0: like, it's a little uh, there's a little stairway to heaven going on here definitely so now, unfortunately i'm gonna have to cut us off there i mm-hmm. am gonna mention that even although uh, anna doesn't seem to want us to mention that dark the, the black desert online is coming out in, uh, uh, in, on march 3rd <laughs> um i have seen stuff about this um it is a korean game if i remember correctly mm-hmm. and it's been I out for normally. a little it's been out for a little while but they've just it's been out in beta for a little bit as well um there, but they're I think they if it's the English, the English version is coming out on March 3rd and it looks interesting who knows we might actually just all play that who knows
1: who knows sure. but oh my god Anna that's
0: adorable but in any case though <laughs> but in any case thank you once again Anna for joining us on our podcast.
3: Thanks for having me.
0: We were more than happy to have you come back at any time.
3: Thank
0: you. Well, of course. We loved having you. And and once again, everybody, thank you for joining us and listening to We Are Doomed, a Soccer Rangers podcast. If you want um, if you're listening on YouTube, we are on iTunes. So you can check us out there. The the link for the iTunes will be down in the description.
4: If you're listening to us on iTunes, we are on YouTube.
0: Exactly. And that is the Soccer Rangers. And I
4: actually
1: have a little bit of news for you guys as well. Oh? So somebody that's a little bit too powerful in our lives complained that we're not really uh, trying to go out there and help those poor Android users to be able to listen to stuff easily on the road. Oh. So we now also, by some weird stretch of the imagination, ended up with a SoundCloud channel that I was not even aware of. Oh, we have a SoundCloud. Apparently we have a SoundCloud. <laughs> yeah, somebody uh, set it somebody set it up for us and just sent me the login for it and said,
4: Okay, put all your new stuff on there. So, so for the Robert, those of you're who, in charge of that. Uh, apparently I am. <laughs> for those of you on iTunes and YouTube, we have a SoundCloud as well. <laughs>
2: apparently.
0: <laughs> but anyway, if you are on iTunes, you can add you can um. Give. I would love it if you guys would, f- of course, subscribe to us and give us a five star, re- uh, five star, and or, or give us a review, preferably five star, and um and also write a review. Tell us that. Tell us that, Write things in the comments if you what you think of the podcast. Um, yeah, and, feedback. Yeah, we want oh, feedback. Yes. We want to know about things. What if you want us to talk about? See if anything like that. Um, yes. Is there enough nudity
4: in this podcast? We, we (laughs) just don't know if there's enough for you people yet. I I don't know how much more we could do. I'm, I'm literally just sitting here naked. Like, yeah, this is it guys. This is all I got. But in any (laughs) case though, thank you
0: once again for joining us and we hope to see you next time on We Are Doomed, a soccer ranges podcast. Have a great day, night, and be safe and we shall see you next time. Bye. Bye.